Think Podcast, starring your host, Mr. Lyndon Burton, and his co-host, Doom, Adam Schubert, and Julian Navarre. Today we have a special guest, artist, Will Kahn. But, Lyndon, whenever you're ready, brother, take it away. Oh, and you guys have a great day. Yes, 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 ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Bros Who Think Podcast. My name is Lyndon Burton, a.k.a. Youngboy Dewitz, a.k.a. The People's Champ, a.k.a. Beard <laughs> Gang is in the motherfucking building. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 131, and my name is Lyndon Burton. Thank you for joining, as always. I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Doom. Doom, how you doing, my brother? I'm good, man. What's good? Oh, I'm I'm doing peachy. Today was probably the funniest day in just like on the internet. Like it was because not only was it the first topic we're gonna talk about, but Wendy's was going off. Uh, six six hundred breezy was going off. Like it was it was nuts today. Then then all the shit with uh money bag yo and then Javonta the boxer. Like nah, Super Bowl weekend brought forth the brought forth the ratchetness. Yeah. You gonna experience like that with the draft? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that shit gonna be nuts. Fifty fighting French, like everything has been wild recently. Yeah, bro, it's it's a crazy time. I think it's Super Bowl weekend. I think that's what's doing it. <laughs> they had everybody everything. just was in that little fuck it vibe. Like we going, we going crazy. You know what I'm saying? No one hundred. At least in the in the celebrity world, for sure. Shit, yeah, no, I agree. Like it was just every. This was the first meeting of the year, so all the beefs from last year are getting addressed now. Nah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and boy, they did it. They so let's start off with it, man. Let's start off with the shits. We 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 got some serious topics on the on the docket, but we starting off in the shits right away. What the hell happened with Nikki and Minaj and Meek Mill today? And the funny thing is, none of them deleted their tweets. I thought it was gonna be gone. It was blowing me because, like, I saw the first couple tweets, like, when f- people first started, like, quoting them and saying all kind of shit. And so I started watching what was happening. And I'm like, yo, these niggas really having one of those conversations <laughs> that you only supposed to have in private. Like, yes. that's the shit you pull out your bag when y'all one on one arguing face to face in person. Like, you don't just say that kind of shit on Twitter. That's what was blowing me. Like, I was like, both of these niggas got to be lit. Like, they got to be high, bro. They got to be. You know what I'm saying? Like, they talking about, like, legit criminal shit. Both of them. Yo. I'm just like, yo, on Twitter. Okay, wait. You're one of the most famous niggas in the game. There's multiple levels to this. Let's let's start with that level. Why the fuck are you $40 million net worth, $80 million net worth, $100 million net worth, and saying this shit on the internet? Y'all are dumb. Like Nikki, you probably fucking up your brother Case talking about talking yeah. about uh, talking about all this shit you think you know. Cause the, I know them, the uh, the lawyer, them, the family getting ready to to bring this to court. And then For Meek, sure, man. and Meek, if you actually hitting women, yo, all them deals with with Robert Kraft and all them niggas you've been you you been hanging out with at Super Bowls and shit. That shit's about to end. Like, what are you niggas yeah, doing? Bro. And, and and it's all over like dumb Meek, shit. Meek being salty that she left him. Yeah. 
and then Nikki just being petty, like you, because you know how she is. Like she literally just take it to a hundred. There's no like, okay, I'm a kind of sorry to tell you off. I'm gonna just let it rock. You know what I mean? Like it's petty either, she don't say hurt. nothing, bro. It's like either she don't say nothing at all, or she going crazy. She letting you have it, bro. And that's the kind of shit you can't be doing on Twitter. Not not at they level. Bro, I asked this on the radio today. Like, is is it ever a time and place to argue with your ex on Twitter? And for the majority, people is like, no. But some people say, nah, if I feel like it, I'm going to air them out. But, like, bro, you don't realize this stops you from getting future jobs. This, yeah. this, this makes, okay, so whoever you think won, the other person think they won and think they got the best of you. And I'm not letting, if you really my ex and we really got beef, I'm not letting you think you got the best of me in public, yeah. my nigga. Yeah. Like, fuck out of here. And I this think that's what it is me. with them. It's like they can't even sub each other without the whole Twitter quoting them and, you know, niggas going to be talking about it on podcasts like us. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, this they, everything they do is is magnified. Now, I think it started off like that. Like, they've oh, been... They've been subbing back and forth for a while. Today wasn't the, the first time. You know Nigga what I mean? They had the whole situation. And I wouldn't, hey, I wouldn't doubt it, bro. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. Because it's like, soon as one of those like outlets like that get it, now they feel like the whole world is like looking and laughing. It's different. Like, think about if you and your girl got into some smoke and y'all arguing in front of your friend. Like, you still want to get your point across, but it's like, your friend in the room so you can't let her just go hard on you yeah you know what i mean but just think of that times millions like it's just millions of niggas that's the friend in the living room while y'all arguing you know what i'm saying like it just you gotta try to at least that's how they look at it like they gotta try to defend themselves because everybody watch it you know what i'm saying but one one of them gotta be smarter than this like i'm not gonna even say both of them i'm just saying one of them like one of them because you think about it like this Let's say Nikki did all of this today and Meek don't respond, but just put like a laughing emoji. He won because he was the he was mature. Everybody gonna say she crazy. Right. Or let's say right. Meek doing all this shit and Nikki just put a smirk emoji. She won. Like yeah. look, look at this petty nigga. Look at this hurt nigga. But like, they bro, they don't realize that. And I don't so that's crazy. I can tell that Meek is still hurt though. Like very much so. Every everything that, that's been happening like over the last week and a half has been coming from a place of like he he's salty and he don't know how to address it. You know what I mean? Like I think if he just stopped for a second and was like, damn, I took a L, I made because he he him and her, they know the reason why it didn't work out. So he can stop and say, like, damn, all right, I fucked up. What can I do to make sure my next situation don't be like that? You know what I mean? It's so bad that Drake got Nikki threw shots at Drake and their relationship not good. She throwing shots at him. Like, that's fucked up. Drake didn't suck that. He didn't suck that nigga dick. Like, why you doing that, nigga? But then on top of that, if I'm each other, any if I'm Kenny, or if I'm meet girlfriend who's apparently pregnant. I'm like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? You still care about this bitch? You still care about this nigga to where you gonna have the whole world talking about him? Like, if I'm the, I'm, if I'm each of their significant others at this moment, I'm like, yo, what this really mean about me? Yeah. Like, how do I really feel about this? Yeah. Ah, oh, man, I don't know. It's that's just a whole confusing situation, bro. Like, imagine if 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 your girl heard saw you uh, arguing with your ex on the internet. She gonna feel hurt, bro. Yeah, 
it definitely wouldn't just go over. Good, no. You know what I mean? Like you, you got some explaining to do, my nigga. Like, There's a this? conversation that has to be had after you do some shit like that. You know what I mean? And, based and on, his girl pregnant, bro. Like I don't, thing. I don't understand. Like, like that's that's what he took two L's from me is because one, you should never be arguing with a female like that publicly. Facts, you know what I, I mean? He took an like, L for, me for that for that reason. Never right do now. that. One, and then two, you take another L because now. I'm looking at it like, nigga, that's how you treat your current girl that's about to have your baby, nigga. You know what I mean? Like, you just over here telling the whole world you still love your ex while she out here carrying your kid. You know what I'm saying? Like, as a grown man, like, when you really start thinking about shit like that, you be like, yo, that's that's not a good look, me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know if I can stand with you and ride with you. Because, you know, when, when he went to jail and he came back and everybody felt like this nigga's focused. Like, he's really... Trying to be changes right. ways. Trying, yeah, yeah he's trying to move right. And everybody was supporting him, bro. Cause we like it's one thing about black people, bro. They really support the black success. You know what and I mean? We if, forgive and we yeah. forget. We're very we're a very accepting group of people. We're a very forgiving group of people. And like if you show that you're making change in your life, a black person will be quick to say, nah, let that nigga live. He making change. Like, like we gotta we gotta give him a shot. Like but and he had like you said he was on the up and up like Meek is hanging out with billionaires getting his projects in Meek looking good I'm I'm saying I'm ready for the new album I'm I'm excited that he doing all this stuff with Michael Rubin and Robert Kraft like I was gonna come in here and say when we get to the Jay Z topic about sitting for the Super Bowl it's like you can't be mad at them niggas because them niggas actually doing something they just not kneeling you're like yeah Colin Kaepernick brought that to the table but he didn't do nothing with it and that was my major problem with him these niggas doing something and for you to just i don't want to say flush it all down the toilet because it's not all flushed down the toilet but for you to halfway hit the flusher today just from arguing on twitter and looking crazy like it's not a good look at all and i wanted to ask you you said you give two l's to me do you give any l's to nikki uh i mean yes and no i'm gonna explain just because I feel like, yes, it's an L because I feel like that kind of behavior is is not necessary. You know what I mean? Yeah. But in the like the other side of it is like looking at it as this is what we expect from Nikki. Like it, it's sad to say, but it's like we expect her to be like, oh, if you provoke her, she's going <laughs> to retaliate. We know coming. that that's going to happen. You know Find what I'm saying? Bar. <laughs> so it's like you can't you can't stir up some shit with Nikki and just expect it to end like that. Like she is going to make sure she did that shit. So I feel like everything that Meek did was intentional. She started he started coming at this her her new nigga. You know what I mean? Then later on, when I guess that didn't work like he thought, you know what I'm saying? He probably thought he was about to cause something in their relationship or stir up some big headline i don't know what he was trying to do yeah. but it didn't work out like he thought you know what i'm saying trying to get her back <laughs> yeah and, back it, and it's just like yo you ain't gotta do all this extra shit like that's what i don't understand like y'all grown like i'm pretty sure meek could still just hit her line and yeah. she probably respect that way more than talking crazy on twitter you know what i'm saying like that's the part i don't understand and you think he would learn from his Drake beef Twitter figures. Like, that's what I'm saying, bro. He handled this wrong way. Uh, I think also the internet was tripping 
trying to dis- debate what is worse, beating a woman or a pedophilia. We're not going to even talk about that, but I think y'all are sick for even putting that two and two to them two against each other. Like, both shit's not bad. I think also it's a bad look for Meek because he didn't respond to the to the fact of Nikki's claim about him beating, uh, I guess, either his... I don't want to say his mom because... Or did she say his mom? I, let me see. Let me let me read it. I don't know if she said his mom or not. She said, duh, 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 duh. "Let me. I'm pulling it up. Let's see. Oh, did she? Oh, you beat your own sister and taped it. Damn, his own sister spit on her, taped it, kicked me in front of your mother and sent her to the hospital. Damn. And then okay, so then he don't respond to that to uh, like after he does all the other shit. Like, oh wait, did he delete? Oh, he deleted all. Okay, so he deleted all his uh shit. Yeah, he did. De- okay, I'm I'm looking at this shit live. He deleted. Oh no, 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 no. Never mind. He still got it. He still got. Well, he got one of them up, but yeah, he had to delete the crazy shit. He yeah, he about, uh, about his brother. Yeah, about yeah. her brother. But he did say like after a couple hours after for clarification, I don't hit women. I won't let my interviews be filled with questions about her or any situation to do with her when I come to do press. I think that's a bad look. Yeah, it's super bad. Like I think that's so bad that I wouldn't be surprised if even the the black excellence circle he was hanging with, they don't even fuck with him. Like yeah. I could honestly see Jay looking at this shit and be like, "Look, my nigga, it ain't no beef or nothing. You just can't be super close to me like you was." Because right now, now yeah. I'm gonna be associated with that shit. Like Jay really trying to do some shit. He literally, I feel like, is changing. Like the way people look at social justice, you know what I'm saying? Like I honestly believe that now it's forcing people that never gave a fuck to actually have to sit down and say, "I right, maybe we might have to do something about this because <laughs> these niggas is getting a little too wild." You know what I'm saying? Like I really feel like he's making a difference, even though people give him shit. Like they yeah. they trying to attack him every chance they get, but. Jay really doing some crazy shit. Like, cause I, I look at me and I, I could keep it a beam with myself enough to say, like, if I ever made it to the success level of Jay-Z, I ain't doing nothing for you niggas. <laughs> I'm going fucking post up, get me a nice ass fucking spot in the middle of nowhere where nobody can fuck with me, nigga, and I'm about to live a rich life. We talking about b- billions, nigga, with a B. <laughs> Like, nigga, what the dudes. fuck you still worrying about these niggas for? That's going to attack you every chance they get. You know what I'm saying? Like, because that's what they doing to Jay, bro. Every move he make, they criticize him. You know what I'm saying? And he out here. That. Bro, I'm, hey, I'm serious, bro. I know you are. I can tell from the tone. Every nigga. chance niggas get, they attacking my nigga Jay, bro. And I don't understand why. I really it is don't. black people. It is, too. Yeah, bro. It's like, yo. The one nigga that's really out here risking it all for us, and this the nigga y'all gonna attack? We got people like Gail King running around here. Ain't nobody trying to knock her shit done. Okay. You know what I'm saying? We gonna get to her, but I look, oh, I'm gonna disagree with you for the fact, because I would help people. I can't even start. That's why, <laughs> that's why I respect Jay so much, because but but they gotta be somebody doing it, and like you said, yeah, I don't. I just don't think me going. It, it, this this really because at first I was like, this looked bad on Nikki. But like you, the more and more I'm thinking about it, all Nikki was doing was defending her man. Because honestly, honestly, if I'm gonna be honest, Meek started all this by talking about her man fit. <laughs> like she, he started yeah. all of nah, this for like, sure. That's what I'm saying. For sure. For sure. 
Like all Nikki doing is defending her man. That's why I, I, I can say Kenny might not feel bad because it's like, well, at least my girl coming to my defense. This is just the type of girl I'm with. So I got to accept it. Like at least at least she defended me. So it's like, all right. Yeah, this is yeah. an L for me. Yeah. Because before a I was big... thinking maybe L for Nikki, but nah, this is a, this a big L for me. Yeah. And yeah, no, no point in talking about Nikki's brother and all that shit. Like the courts are going to handle that. If he did that shit, put his ass in jail. I feel like that's the only thing that needs to be said about that shit. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I'm, I still I ain't got no words on that. Like that's really a crazy situation. I still to this moment right now I have no un like I don't even understand what would provoke something to go to that level. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like what could Nikki have possibly done to make you wanna air some crazy shit out? You know what I mean? Or even provoke her to start airing some crazy shit out. Because it's something behind the scenes that we don't know that caused it to be like that. Because my like thing it, is, didn't he say that first to cause her to say the beating of the... Yeah, he's, he started it. He started yeah. all of this. He was he, trying he to... He said the her. first one. Yeah, yeah, he said the first one that took it to a crazy <laughs> level. Now, granted, she did like take it up a notch from his prior tweet. So you could tell that's when he was like, ah, nah, now we got to bring the big guns out. I'm coming. You want to talk shit? Like, I'm coming. <laughs> but you know what I mean? But I feel like it's just nothing that she could have possibly done that would make you want to go to that crazy of a level on either side. You know what I'm saying? But look, all she did say, like, I'm going to read what she said, because this is the tweet that set him off and said the shit about her brother. He's, she said, nigga been tweeting about my man for a year now, talking about he went to my page to see him, but he was blocked. My nigga, move on. I know you bitch embarrassed. Shitted yourself in the store when you got pressed, clown ass. <laughs> yeah, bro. See, but no cap, though. Put yourself in Meek's shoes. You I'm... would feel played, son. <laughs> that would be some hurt shit. You know what I mean? Because not a whole world know that you've been talking shit on Twitter, but when you had the chance to do some shit, you ain't really do nothing, you know yeah, what I mean? But go back to Twitter. He <laughs> left the store and went back to Twitter. You know what I mean? Like that that let everybody know, like, nah, he's he's still a lover. Oh bro. shit. He's still a lover. Like love, love. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like this nigga, he no, really right. and, but you right you right about all of that, cause it's like, no, if 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 I'd have got tweeted at that in public, I'm not gonna even lie. I might have hurt, hurt niggas, hurt niggas. I, look, right. I'd have to do something. I'd have to do something. Right. I don't know if I'm talking about that personal of information, but I was going to make you feel played somehow, somehow, some way. <laughs> yeah, I was going to find a way. Oh, yeah. We was going to, we was going to sub some shit. You, you was going to feel it. You know what I mean? You wasn't just yeah. getting that tweet off. So I feel <laughs> him on that. But he, he off, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He could, bro, you know what that dude, not only do now you got to sit there and really like start to, sit with the fact like damn this not pretend it's not like some little short term bullshit she doing like i really lost my bitch you know yeah. what i mean and you never get up back now yeah bro and then your current situation the one that you could fall back to you know it's smoke like there's no <laughs> way this woman is just chilling like nothing is going on you know what i mean like your your current relationship is in smoke now yeah, you know it is Especially since Nikki called her out her name. Like, oh, yeah, yeah it's hot. Then you didn't do nothing in the store? Oh, yeah, yeah this is a bad look all around me yeah. to the L. This is a big L. This oh, might be worse than the Drake L. Yeah, it might be, bro. Because this is bad. Yeah, we're going to see how this play out over the next couple of weeks. But just wanted to bring that up. I guess we could talk about the J situation since we transitioned in that. I, I, I'm going to just ask. I know I already said my thing about how I, I feel like 
I don't care that he sat down during the national anthem. He could have just forgot. Look, sometimes when niggas standing at basketball games and I got a bunch of nachos and popcorn in my hand, my ass sitting down too. So like, it's like yeah. I, I see I see people sitting down at games and nobody said nothing. So I don't know if this is a big big deal, especially when he running PSA commercials about police brutality during the Super Bowl and getting owners to donate millions of dollars to change shit. Like, Jay actually doing shit. So like you said, like, I ain't mad at this nigga. This is just certain black people doing clickbaity shit to get to, to trend and being, like, fake woke. That's all this is, and it's, and it's yeah. a shame. Because like you said, Jay the only person fighting for him, or one of the yeah. only people. Did you Did you see his explanation? What he said? Um, he was saying how, like, basically, he didn't sit for any type of, like, protesting reasons, or it didn't have anything to do with any kind of social justice issue or any beef with the NFL. He was saying he was just strictly in work mode. He was saying how at the time, and which is true, like, we all know that he was in charge of the entertainment for the Super Bowl. So he's literally watching... He's sitting there watching what he put together. So he was saying how him and B was talking about like, oh, this person looks really good. Or this addition that we added, this looked really good. Demi smoked the outfit. Everything coming together. Like he's watching what he spent time putting together and creating. He watching it come together. You know what I mean? He just wasn't thinking about like, oh, damn, I should probably actually stand for this shit. You know See, what I'm I saying? Even, like I didn't even think about that pack. Like, yeah, because he did set all this shit up. I was just saying, like, look, it don't even matter if the nigga was even doing that. Like, if he want to sit, nigga, I don't want to stand right now. I've been standing yeah. all damn day. Exactly, exactly. But you know, some people, bro, they take that that shit serious. Yeah, they take it to especially like capside. Nessa was trying to IG all day. And I can't blame Nessa. That's her man. She got a she got a ride till that till them wheels fall off. She can't backpedal from that. She got to post every time something happened. And I get it, but yeah. it's just like everybody else shouldn't be on that way. Like blogs and shit shouldn't pick that shit up. That's just unnecessary shit. Like I get her cap and her saying something, but like other black people, y'all clowning. Yeah, y- y'all really. I, cl- I just don't like the trying to attack him like he doing something wrong. You know what I mean? Like, that's like the one nigga I can trust that's not going to do anything to the culture as a whole to hurt it. You know what I mean? And they got a lot of niggas just selling out. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people. And and Jay really one of them niggas that he'll risk losing a bag just to make sure that he don't fuck up the opportunities for the next nigga. You yeah, know what I mean? Keep his integrity. And that's, that's admirable, bro. Like, I'm saying, like, a lot of people... Because it's easy to think, like, yo, I, I want to help people. I want to, you know what I mean? Because it's not like I'm a bad person or I'm not, I'm a selfish person because I like to give and help other niggas out when I can. But it's like when you on the scale of Jay, what we talking about, like, multi-million dollar deals is riding on certain situations. You know what I mean? It's hard to just walk away and be like, nah, because I care about the next nigga that's in the hood somewhere that's working really hard at his craft and trying to make it to that next jump, I don't want to make it harder for him. So I'm going to say no to $30 million. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's a like a small handful of people that's on that. that. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, you're right. You're absolutely right. I'd say a Jay, maybe a Byron Allen. Like, it's, you could count them on your hand. Like, no, no, you're absolutely right. But Jay leading the pack on that shit. But let's jump to music. Uh, first, before we even get to the albums of Russ and Lil Wayne, 
I I know just because I know your music head, you heard the Tory Lanez Fabio Kalo K song, huh? Yeah, yeah. How you how you feel about Tory just biting the whole pop smoke Fabio style? I mean, it's 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 whack, but from him, like that's kind of what he built his career on. To me, like I remember early Tory, he was literally almost like whatever wave was hot or whoever had the hard single, he was just copying the whole blueprint and he See, would just put his little Tory flip on it. I agree with that. Back when me back when me and my homies didn't really fuck with Tory, we would always say, "Oh, he trying to copy Wayne. Oh, he trying to copy Kendrick. Oh, he trying to copy Drake." He would have a Kendrick, a Drake song, a Wayne song. Then I became a fan of him and saw his artistry to an extent, but there was always this biting thing, but at this point with the Favi shit and after the chicks tape and seeing you you not really putting out original albums that well, man, it's hard for me not to say Tory's not a biter. Like, and that's just his style. He's just a biting-ass nigga. Yeah. See, it's kind of hard, though, because, like, I feel like the musician side of me, like, the person who actually writes and tries to come up with his own concepts, like, I don't rock with that. But then as a consumer, I fuck with it. Because it's like, yo, he be taking niggas back and going harder than them at it. Facts. If if we keeping it a bean, at least no, in my yeah. opinion, because Pop Smoke can't rap. <laughs> like, no, I agree. Him and rap. Fabio, both of them, he, like, bro, Pop Tory Smoke made a bob. Like Tory, but, Tory took that sound and made a complete bob. That song is hard. I agree. It's, yeah. it's let me not say hard. It's it's appeasing to the ears. I agree with that one hundred and fifty percent. But it's just like, how much longer are we gonna have to? Are you just like, okay, let's take you. You can't be in certain conversations. You can't. You are just known as this guy that makes good music at this point to me. It's not because you're not a rapper. You're just biting niggas. Yeah. But I think that's the answer to why Tory never, like, leveled up. The level to the, he is. Yes. To, yeah. yes. Yes. It's because yes, it's yes. like we know what he is. Like, it's not. Because, dude, Penn is nice. Like, that's that, what people fail to realize is. Tory is an amazing writer. You know what I mean? It's just we don't really like it because we know he sat down and started writing like, yo, this nigga Pop Smoke is killing shit right now. Let's recreate that vibe. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But the finished product, I can keep it a bean and say the finished product is better than anything in Pop Smoke catalog. Facts. I agree, but, man. But Pop Smoke vibe is crazy. Like I, I've been, <laughs> I've been trying to put Chris on it on that nigga Pop Smoke oh, for the past that's couple why I weeks. This up, cause you he know told what me? I mean? Yeah. Pop Smoke, bro. He like I don't know, bro. It's like the music is not great, but that the little vibe it set, like that shit is hard, bro. I fuck with it. You know what I mean? So I like that Tory do what he do, but I think that's the same reason he'll never level up. So it's like a a price that he paid. You know no, what I'm I agree. but I'm I'm here for it because I feel like if you if you really an artist any any type of art right even like like let's say podcasting if some niggas sat down and was like okay let's listen to BWT Pod see how they structure their shit and let's do the same exact thing they doing but if they do if they do it twenty times better that I feel like that's only an indictment on us that's what we for like sure. yo we gotta step our shit up. No, like, I if I'm Pop Smoke, I'm not feeling played that a nigga bit, because it's like, yo, we got the same pen and pad that <laughs> this, nigga, this got. nigga got. Yeah, You no, know what I mean? Right. Like, we just got to work harder. That's it. Like, if a nigga bites your shit and it's better than yours, you can't be mad. Just work oh, no, a little harder, nigga. You know what I mean? 
and I don't think Pop Smoke and them should be mad. I'm just saying, like you said, I don't think Tory will be in certain conversations. That's why he didn't level up. It's just because of this fact right here. But like, like we both been saying, the song is hard. Like I jammed that song a lot. Like that song was was litty. Like I get it. But it's just, nigga, stop. Don't complain when niggas don't put you in certain conversations. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm kind of mad that rap is like that though. Like I feel like we literally the only culture that always compare shit. You know what I mean? Like why we can't just listen to listen to it for the quality. Cause like I hear Tory quality. You know what I mean? Like I'm a Tory fan, bro. Like he been hard for years, nigga. Like over a decade. Niggas yeah. just recently started like really listening to him. But I'm saying I've been I've I've heard a Tory over a decade ago. The you know shit where he was, and the nigga was, was on nice. the bar when he was on a, uh, it was like a blue background. He had like an orange hat on or some shit. It, I don't know if he was on a car, if he was walking, but it was the mixtape like before New Toronto. It was like, oh shit. Uh, I'm trying to think of what it was. But no, I agree with you, Tori. Tori always had his had his vibe. He always was killing shit. I remember when his him and his Drake beat first started when he was on uh, Sway in the Morning freestyle and it was, this nigga was, was eating. Like, it's not just now, but... I, I, and maybe you're right. Maybe we shouldn't compare because they don't compare in rock. They don't compare in country. But I don't know. Every the way that we always think of rap, people always say it's a competition. It's a competitive sport. So I guess that's just because it's ingra- it's ingrained in us because of that. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I just think it would be better. We would we would receive better music if, as a fan base, just as fans of hip hop in general, if. We would just be more accepting to let the artists experiment with whatever kind of sound they want without having to be, you know what I mean? Because what if I want to get a Drake beat and sing? Does that mean that I'm biting Drake or I'm trying to play this nigga? You know what I mean? Like it wouldn't necessarily, because when you say biting it, it hold a negative connotation. You know what I'm saying? So people people have smoke with that. Like people don't like, like, oh, you, you biting off my shit. You know what I'm saying? People don't like that, but I think, like, yo, that make for better music. Even as an artist, like, if somebody would listen to my music and take elements from it and make it better, now I could listen to this shit and be like, damn, that was hard. Now I'm gonna put my flip on that. You know what I'm saying? And then we got good-ass music at the end of the day. But, like, everybody, just within rap, like, everybody always comparing and making a nigga feel guilty for trying to expand on what they've already built you know what i'm saying no you're right look you make great points and i and and i can't disagree with that at all so yeah no like like he's like it's true because in r&b they don't even do that like they try to but r&b niggas still do what they want and like we still accept it so it's only in rap where a nigga try to let me not say cancel but his sales will dramatically go down yeah. Bro, we even tried to get Drake out of here for a second when we found out yeah. the ghostwriting shit. Like, That's... people don't, people, like, they kind of scared to admit that, nigga, I feel like 90% of Twitter was like, fuck Drake. We ain't never listening to this nigga again. Oh, it was. I was. dropped the next project and niggas was like, all right, this is too hard. You know what I'm saying? But it's like. It worked. Like, I remember I was on Twitter. Or, like, they had people coming on my thing 
hood niggas coming out of nowhere arguing with me. Oh, nigga, you gay just sucking that Canadian nigga dick. And I was like, whoa, whoa, just because I think the guy makes good music. What yeah, are y'all doing right now? That's you don't want that smoke. Don't come outside. Whoa. Only, only in this culture is it like that, bro. <laughs> only in this culture is it like that. Like, whoa, bro, don't tell me not to come outside. I'm just a civilian. <laughs> <laughs> sure, you could think we one. You could do your thing, yeah. sir. But then when back to back drops, niggas, niggas was quiet like church mouses. Oh, yep. he ain't right, Dad. Yep. <laughs> mm. Oh, and I just found out today that Drake wrote single for Wayne. Nigga, mm. my my whole life is a lie. That's one of Wayne's hardest songs, bro. It is. Now that I found out Drake wrote that. Like I have a crazy more respect for Drake now, bro. Oh, like, if yeah. the man wasn't already a sealed pick for GOAT <laughs> of the generation, you know what I mean? Like, that did it for me. No, that I'm nigga, that's, that's, that's crazy, bro. That I'm single song on I'm Not a Human Being, that is one of his hardest. That's just that hard, bro. Shit was crazy, bro. That was one of my favorite songs when it dropped. Like, no, I remember I... playing that shit out hundreds of times in a row, like, just jamming that shit. I agree with you. And speaking of Wayne, let's jump to the album Funeral. Doom, I'm gonna be honest, man. I, 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 and I'm, I'm, a, I'm gonna start with love, and then I'm gonna get to the hate. <laughs> Wayne can still rap. I'm not questioning his ability to rap. I'm questioning his decision making and letting Mac just, oh, I'm gonna get with this producer, this producer, this producer, and I'm gonna make 50 songs. I'm gonna make a clip full of 50 songs. No direction. No, no idea where we going. I'm gonna just make 50 random songs, and Mac gonna choose the best 24, and we're gonna put that out for an album. I had enough of that. Like, I had enough. We're at a point to where it doesn't work anymore, and it hasn't worked for the past couple of projects. I need a producer, someone who's really a Wayne fan, to say, look, Wayne, let me get with you. I'm gonna make every beat Let's really, I want to work with you. I'm a fan. Let's do it. And I know from hearing the Drink Champs interview with Wayne and just hearing the type of nigga he is, he would be like, oh, that's dope, my nigga. Let's do it. Somebody, like some uh, Justice League, Boy Wonder, uh, Murder on the Beats. Chris even said Pierre Bourne. I like somebody, if you want to go... If you want to go Justice League for the Harden style beats and the and the get really rapidy rap, boy, wonder the mix old school and new school, or you can go straight new school. But I'm sick of a Bangladesh beats, a monster beat, a murder on the beat, a justice like sixty different thought processes and directions for twenty something songs, and that's why we only get six quality songs on an album. Yeah, see, I don't know. I think I like the album. But because I'm looking, or at least I'm attempting to look at Wayne's point of view in his life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I think, honestly, he's reached, he's reached what I was just talking about with Jay. How I just was saying it was admirable that Jay reached a certain point and he's still out here working. You know what I mean? Like, Wayne was what I was saying that I would be doing. It's like, yo, I've already given y'all a decade straight of my all. You know what I mean? Recording... 20 songs a night and having you know 20 songs in the top 100 at a time you know what i'm saying like and establishing establishing himself as the best rapper alive like this man would say that and it wasn't even a question like this man literally called himself the best rapper alive and niggas didn't debate it no you know what i mean 
Not at all. In in New York niggas, West Coast niggas, it was acceptable because this nigga did shit like on the droughts, on the dedications that other niggas just wasn't doing. I'm, I I listened to the, the thing Jay Z talked about on the Drink Champs. Show me what you got, feature. I forgot Wayne did that shit. That shit is incredible. But to that point, Doom, why not stop? Why not fucking stop? Why keep? And and I'm one of the biggest Lil Wayne fans. That's the dude who who I attribute to really putting me on rap. Like, yeah, I listened to 50 Cent. Yeah, I listened to that, I listened. But this was the first dude that I checked for, like, that that wasn't in my dad's Serato, that, like, I wouldn't get, that I was, like, I champion. I would argue with my pops that, nah, J- nah Jay-Z not the best rapper Lil Wayne is. Why not stop? Because yeah. I feel like you de- you're deteriorating. And, of course, your legacy will never be tarnished. But the more you keep doing this, the more you fall on the all, on the all time totem pole, and and I'm agreeing with you two hundred percent. My thing is, I think Wayne's point of view is not like that. Like he's mm. looking at himself as like, okay, I'm not even a rapper no more. You know what I mean? But that was something that I really loved and I was really good at. So when I get bored, I'm gonna just record a few songs and we gonna throw that out just to show these niggas I can still rap. You know what I mean? But I don't think he's even putting it out intending for it to be the number one album on the billboard and he don't want to become, you know, the the number one guy in the spotlight no more. Like, I think he just like, all right, I'm all, I've, I've already made it to a level where I can be off of that forever and still be straight. You know what I mean? I, I, I get that, but my, here's my counter to that. You could do that. Don't worry about making the top 100. And, I, and I'm not saying I want him to. Why can't you give me 10 Hardens? It's, it, you could do it. I know you could do it. Why you can't? Okay, if I really want to show you I can rap, let's, let me get into like my classic bag. Because the fact that he has songs like Mama Mia and some of these songs that's chasing that sound yeah, makes me want to argue against that point. Because I agree with you. He could do that. Give me get, just getting, getting that Harden bag. Getting that, and maybe that's people say you're limiting his creativity. Well, look. If I'm doing that, you putting out trash, my nigga. I'ma just call a spade a fucking spade. If yeah. if if you won't be creative, cool, be creative. But if you miss, I'ma say when you miss because I was the nigga championing you when you didn't miss. Yeah, but I think in his head though he's not missing. Cause mm. you don't think he sees people comments? No, nah, I think know that. Yeah. I know that he see it. But I, what I'm saying is, I think he's he's reached a a level where he knows. He doesn't have to give a fuck about the reception of it. Because I guarantee you, if this album, if Funerals would have dropped in 06, 07, we would look at this as a legendary album. Like, this would be like, you know what I'm saying? One of those albums that niggas got to protect at all costs. Because, bro, just like you said, with the production, it's the same producers. Still making the same sound. Wayne still rapping at a level that he's always rapped at in my book. You know what I mean? It's just that the sound isn't current. The sound doesn't, it doesn't sound like what we want to hear. You know what I mean? I don't know if I agree with that because in 06, 07, he dictated this. He, the sound, everything, this sounds like, like, dude, this don't sound good. Like it's that's don't, but like it's because like, we we listening to it from this ear like, with yeah perspective. So the way the way I look at like especially the way like 
rap music kind of evolve it's kind of like if you got like like classic cars you know how we'll look at like a classic like if you got like a a fucking 66 fucking impala or something like i don't even know i'm not super into cars but like one of those cars where it's like things are classic camaros yeah i know what you're yeah about. it's like like we look at that as like oh that's great you know what i'm saying like that's a classic car this is a fire whip but what happens to like the 92 fucking trash ford expedition like nobody really look at that as like oh nigga you you whipping you know what i'm saying but, i feel okay. like that's what wayne music is but at Even the, with the time shit, I, I got you with the car shit because the classic shit they put more care into, or at least it seems they put more care into it to where the product even is a better product than the 92 thing where you given us arguably same quality, but it just doesn't seem like the love and care was into it. That's why we don't love them with nineties cars because it just didn't, it just didn't come out in, into the car. Well, that, and it's the same thing with the cars too. I think, I think it's, it's, it's like, it's because the cars, were evolving so quickly like if you think about like if you drive in a 92 that bitch might have a cassette player in there you might have to roll the windows down and shit but at the time that was the hardest shit you know what i'm saying it's just like now we at a point where niggas got bluetooth we can just connect our phone and listen to music niggas got electric everything you know what i'm saying the features is super nice like we just got accustomed to that but niggas forgot how classic that car was in 92. What Wayne doing is literally bringing a fresh off the press 92. You know what I mean? And it's just like, damn, like, nigga, you still got it. It's just the game has evolved past that. And I think Wayne, like, because if you, if you listen to the interview, like, this nigga didn't know who the most famous niggas in the game right now is. Yeah. Like, I really think he, he reached that point that I was talking about. But he just went off and did all the shit that he liked to do. And he wasn't worried about none of them niggas. He liked like, Eminem. He, did, he didn't know who QC and TDE was. Like, come yeah, that on, shocked me. <laughs> Like, I think in his mind, bro, he, he like, yo. <laughs> bro, that's what I'm saying. Like, in his mind, he thought that he was releasing the most hottest shit. Because he's still stuck in that time. <laughs> and, and to be, like, technically, he's right. Like, I feel like, like, I listen to it, and I listen to songs like Harden, and I'm like, yo, this nigga can still put together a song better than anybody that I know. That Harden shit is amazing. Piano Trap, amazing. Yeah, bro. Like, uh, I I got a list of them. Piano Trap, Harden. I like the the shit with, I like, I even like the I Don't Sleep joint with Takeoff before Takeoff get on. I I like the ball hard with Lil Twist. I like uh, Stop, I like Stop Playing With Me. I, 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 and that might, uh, but you, you see what I mean about the takeoff yeah. thing, right? Like a yeah. nigga that goes so hard in this era, when he got a rap next to Wayne, that shit don't sound so good. No, no it doesn't. You I turn his mean? off instantly. Like that shit don't sound too good when he rapping next to Wayne. Like that, bro, I'm saying Wayne literally still has it. I, like, and I don't disagree with that. It. But he just, he hasn't like evolved his sound with the times. Cause he ain't he ain't been experiencing the times with us. I don't even think he got to do that, Doom. That's the that's the crazy thing. I think he just gotta. I think it really just need someone 
nigga, you you rap. That's all I. That's all you gotta worry about doing. Don't pick like I'm gonna play you a shit ton of beats, but all these beats kind of go together. If you like any of these beats, pick these, and we're not going out of this pathway. Just try this for one album, and let's just see what happens. Uh. You don't even, like just try it one album. Let one nigga just pick all the beats and have a semi cohesive sound, and just see what happens. Yeah, and and bro, like I said, I'm with you two hundred percent. Like I wish. Wayne would do that. But I just feel like in his mind, in the spot that he at in life, in his career, all that shit, he just doesn't have to care enough to do that. To do that. You know what I mean? Because in his mind, he knows. Like, nigga, it don't matter. Like, cause let's keep it a bean, bro. I love Wayne. But this nigga be out here looking rough, looking <laughs> bad. Like, nigga, he should, he should be at a fall-off state. Like, nigga should be like, ah, I don't know if I'm talking about a nigga with three dreads left in his head look like he's been smoking <laughs> coke the whole weekend should be my goat you know what i mean you saw but him he, on, you he, saw him on the mass singer that nigga looked horrible bro this nigga son like and, and people love him so much we don't want to talk about it son but yeah. he's looking rough dog like he he don't look like he doing well no. like i really feel like he just off somewhere in a big ass house living the crazy ass lifestyle 24/7 Drinking and he don't give a fuck about nothing else. You know what I'm saying? Like he's saying them songs with his with his fine plus size model girlfriend. That girl is fine. She like beautiful. Bro. Yeah, Wayne is killing beautiful. it at the, on that part. Like 100. percent Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think he's he just living. He winning. Yeah, when he you, just when you know that you're not gonna outlive your money and you got a bad female like that with. You can do anything you want to do. Like and you don't have no more drama with your with your with Birdman no more. Yeah, he's just living. Yeah, like I don't, I don't think he care enough about the music, cause when you do care that much about the music, is when you still in grind mode. When you like, yo, I still got something I'm working for. You know what yeah. I mean? I got a reason to work. Like he already at what literally retirement is. Where it's just like, all right, nigga, it's just time to live now. Fuck all yeah, I'm that. I'm just putting shit. this out. He like M. Him and M the same way. Yeah, but I, I think for some reason M different. M still feel like he got some shit he trying to prove. I didn't get that vibe from Wayne. Like Wayne was just like, "Oh, this was a fun project. I, <laughs> no, you... I recorded a bunch of songs over the past two years. I might as well release them just for the fuck of it." I'm just comparing him and him in the sense of they own it in their own world, and they not him still doing him, and it just don't sound good. And Wayne doing him, and it yeah. just don't sound yeah. good. That's like yeah. it's just. It's, but you're right. M is trying to prove like, nah, nigga, I can still rap. <laughs> Yeah, but see, but that's what make me look at M and be like, okay, I can say that's trash and not feel yeah, bad. Because yeah. I know M is trying to still run with these young niggas. He's still trying to be super relevant. Like, he, he's making it obvious that that's his intention. And, like, I get the vibe from Wayne. Like, you don't even see or hear from this nigga until the promo run. Yeah. No, you're right. Other than that, he's just skating. That's he don't I... even tweet. Like if if another nigga don't record him and put it up on his social media, we'll never even know that Wayne is still alive. Like the this nigga really you... doing his own thing. The only time you hear from Wayne is when it's sports season and you're on skipping Shannon. That's yep. the only time you hear from this nigga. And it'd be so weird, bro, because Wayne voice is nuts. <laughs> like <laughs> Wayne voice is nuts. Like I'll be like, yo, is this nigga even trying to speak all the way? Like, what is going on, bro? <laughs> <laughs> that nigga voice is crazy but that blows it's just just real quick that's why the fact what you just said about his voice 
I don't know if you saw his episode of The Mass Singer when that nigga, nobody guessed that was him. Niggas was guessing Steve-O, uh, Johnny Knoxville, and Jamie Foxx saying Johnny Knoxville and Steve-O, and I'm like, yo, Robin Thicke saying Sean White, and I'm like, you niggas made a song with this nigga, and y'all don't know, like, they didn't put auto-tune on his voice. You can hear who this nigga is, and I'm yeah. like, y'all didn't know who this was? Y'all niggas stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't see the mad singer with him on it, but now you're making me want to go watch it. It's just going to make you mad because all, all it is is like, because he get out round one, but because he didn't do that good of a performance because like he said, his voice is... Yeah. Wayne sounds too bad right now, bro, but it's, it's whatever. And yeah. the niggas didn't know that was him. That shit just made me laugh. Oh, shit. But nah, I I I, I agree with... I, I think we both right on this Wayne shit. Let's... uh. Let's jump jump to Russ, cause I actually really like the the shake the snow globe album. I really did. Yeah, bro, my nigga Russ, man. I've been trying to tell Chris, bro, he be getting mad at me cause I be trying to put him on Russ. But I like I like the nigga music. I like his mindset. I like what he doing in business. I like the shit that he talk about. You know what I'm saying? Like Russ, we need a we need to protect Russ, man. Like niggas. Give him a hard time because he's not black. And we, we actually talked about this last week. But I like what he's doing. And the album is good. It reflect like everything that he got going on. His album reflected that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like he kind of let I feel like this was the most personal he's been. No, like, I agree. I felt like I got something from like where the second album felt like, oh, I'm gonna just talk my shit. Yeah, he talked the shit in this one, but I got how he's doing emotionally and like he gave us a little bit of himself in this one yeah for sure and i, I fuck with it like the sound is kind of poppy like it's not really my go-to bag you know what but I'm he's saying? still rapping though it's not like yeah. post malone where it's yeah. like this top 40 yeah he got top 40 on that but this nigga still got he might have top 40 sounds but it's it's still r&b hip-hop bag like yeah. he not he not saying like oh i'm a rocker like, he not going to make a hip-hop song and then have two rock songs on there. Like, no, this nigga going to have all hip-hop-y, R&B-soundy songs on his album. He just might sing a little bit. Yeah, and that's, that's why I fuck with him. He consistent, and you like he getting to the point where you just know he going to come out with a good product. You and his features was incredible with Ross, yeah. Kiana Lede, uh, Benny the Butcher, Devin the Dude. Like, like that's hip-hop. Yeah. I so, really like the raw song, bro. Same. I did. I did like too. I was I was nervous when I saw the track list because I looked through the track list before I heard it. And I'm like, what the fuck could a Russ and Raw sound song sound like? You know what I mean? Like I just couldn't picture them two on the same track. Cause when I when I hear Ross, I think of that like super symphony trap, that Maybach yeah. music type shit. And I'm like, Russ would not sound good on that. But they picked the perfect beat. The perfect song, you know what I'm saying? And Ross smoked that shit. Yeah, Ross did. I like the Benny the Butcher song because the way he was worried about that. Cause see, Ross, I feel because he's worked with so many pop stars. I guess I didn't question as much as Benny. Benny, I didn't know how that was gonna work at all. I was like, Yo, what is Benny the Butcher about to do with Russ? And I thought it worked. I liked it. Yeah. And then Devin the Dude, Devin the Dude killed it. Like. I like these songs, and then he has his, like, Best on Earth. That's why I can't get mad on Russ, because we play Best on Earth, Earth on, on the radio quite often. But it doesn't sound like, it doesn't sound like very, it's, it's a radio record, but it's not like all the other radio records. It's like, oh, this is a hip-hop song. Yeah. 
So I, I and got I, six props. And, and I think that's the bag that he be intending to go to in. To do, yeah. And no, he, I... He, He's realized that he kind of cornered a market that nobody else is doing well, and he killing. You know what and I mean? He, and like, he honest himself because I don't know if you saw he called out Post Malone. Yeah, he did. Because he, he said he did I'm, that I'm on, real on brilliant idiot. Oh, I didn't know he did that on brilliant. I just yeah, saw. Man, I just was, I just saw what people tweeting saying, and I saw what he said like in a clip. Yeah, he was on brilliant idiots, and they were. Um, Andrew Schultz was basically kind of like pressing him to talk about being white in a black space you know what i mean like just kind of what he thought about being called a culture vulture because obviously he's not black but he super hip-hop you know what i mean i see that's interesting i've never thought of russ as a culture vulture not even once not even with all the shit he was doing with like the running down on niggas like i never thought russ was being a culture vulture and, and i don't think andrew was saying that he thought he was a culture vulture no, he no, just no, was no, saying that it was like a common thing that he saw is that people, if they had a knock on him, it was not that he wasn't making good music. It was more of nigga, you white in a black space. And we don't, we don't look at you as real hip hop. You know what I'm saying? And he was saying like, nigga, why would they think that about me? Y'all cool with post Malone coming in this motherfucker with straight back braids and a grill. True. And, now the nigga running around with Wranglers drinking Bud Light and shit, and he don't give a fuck about the the rap shit no more. No, you know what I mean. That's what I'm saying. Like he, post transition to a, a ha- kind of hip hop with some with some rock. Like I honestly, the last Hollywood's bleeding that entire album was a pop slash yeah, rock it album it was. with trap drums over it. That's all he did was make a pop. Rap a rock album and then put trap drums on. You know what I mean? And it, like, and don't get me wrong, bro. I love Post. Malone. I like the album. Yeah, he no. One my, he one of my favorite artists. But when Russ said that, I really had to stop and think. And I'm like, damn, he right. Why the fuck we even having this conversation about Russ? This nigga really came in the game with braids and a grill. By White Iverson. And now he like. In his country bag. He a country nigga. He cut his hair off. He went and got some Wrangler jeans. He got the Bud Light endorsement. And now he is more than obviously saying, fuck that black demographic. We aim into the white people. Facts. Well, can't disagree with it. That's and, it, and, it and it's nothing wrong with that. Like, it's nothing wrong with that. I get it, bro. Like, uh, market to the, the people that appeal to you. You know what I mean? But it's like... Why are we even speaking on Russ? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I was kind of one of them niggas. Like, I think I gave him a hard time at first just because he didn't look like he should be a nice rapper. You know what I mean? And it's not a conscious thing with me. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm not like one of those like racist ass people where it's like, yo, he white, get him the fuck out of here. It's more of like, yo, he white, he really got to prove to me that he can rap because this is a us thing. You know what I mean? And I kind of didn't give him a fair shake. But now that I like this album, I went back and I listened to his past projects. And I'm like, yo, I really slept on pretty good bodies of work. Like, they not tens. They not classics. No, that, the, first but, one was, the first one was good. The second one was all right. But I think, I think this might be his best one. No, for sure. This, this is most complete one. Yeah, facts. For sure, Look, for I'm sure. With you. I'm with and you. And I, I say that just because, like you said, the features 
he he brought it. He he got the perfect songs for the features he had. He and did. like, he, nigga, well, he you, smoked you, it. You, you get you get a Devin the Dude feature. I'm I'm rolling. That's hip hop, <laughs> man. Love Devin the Dude, bro. Like I that's real hip hop. That that's that's underground West. Like that's underground smoker. That's hip hop, man. Yeah, bro. So shout out to Russ, man. Good album. I want to mention uh, real quick before we move any further. The uh, Two Feel Loved Luke James album. Loved it. That was a great R&B project for people trying to get an R&B vibe. And if you want more of an old school hip hop, uh, trumpets, real uh, sampled music, The Tonight Show with Currency is really fucking good. Like, that's the first Currency project in a while that I, like, really liked. Like, I, I fucked with that project. I don't know if you heard it. Yeah, I heard it. I'm always up on Currency shit, though. Currency, one of my guys that when he dropped, I'm listening. <laughs> like, it's, I got to rearrange my schedule to make sure I got time to listen to Currency shit. You know what oh, I'm so saying? You, like, you dug that, that one then, yeah. huh? That was, that was, he, he one of them artists for me. I, I also, while we talking about music, I want to shout out my nigga Brent Fires Because in probably about a day or two, if he release on schedule, we gonna have a new Brent Fires project. Oh shit! I didn't even know. Oh my. Oh yeah. Next week we talking about that. Hopefully he does. Cause the, them Bro. them shits he dropped in between like rehab in Paris and uh, man, them man. shits hard, yo. I tell you, this nigga about to change the game. I'm praying to God that he don't have one of those like little sophomore slumps. You know how when a nigga come out with a project yeah. you love so much that second one don't live up. Cause that's that's kind of how I felt about St. John. He was one of the niggas I was really big on with his first album. I was like, yo, the second one, he about to he he blowing it out the water. He gonna he gonna come up to one of them like top level niggas. And it didn't really happen with this album. But I think Brent Fires, he gonna be that's gonna be the one. He about to be I, one of them niggas we talk about like he goaded. He heavyweight solidified in the game. Like you can't question nothing he put out no more. I hope he do, man. Cause like like I was saying, I love his last shit. I love the features he did. I love the Lost EP. I love the other EP. I, and I like the Rehab in Paris, Fuck the World Summer, Saunderson, the album, Hard. Like you said, Brent Fires is just putting out heat. And I didn't even know he was putting out something. I'm hyped now. Now you got me excited. Two days? Oh, yeah, I'm going to be on the lookout for that. Speaking of music, let's mention, we talked about this off air. Shit, I'm going I'm to show him love because he, he's, a, he's a member. He came on the podcast before. He, we trying to get him back. Shout out to my nigga Jay Sand, aka Leo. He's from Lafayette. He goes to Xavier right now. My dude dissed Eminem. Like, he, he dropped a diss track. And look, I know some people might be like, oh, he's cloud chasing. He might be doing this. Go watch the video. Go listen to the song before you say anything. And when you listen to the song, you'll see a very creative, one of the most creative diss songs I've heard in a long time. And it wasn't even really, wasn't even really a diss song. It was just like stating a claim and like backing it up with facts. Like, Gotta shout out Leo for that. That shit was hard. And I so I want to say we actually talked about this on the pod before. But I was saying there is a lot of major artists that draw inspiration from not as well-known artists because they think like, oh, if I pull from this, nobody will know that I borrowed from it. You know what I mean? And then I'll be the one to run with the wave. Like artists do that. And a lot of time, people like you know they'll try to bullshit. There's always some clown saying like, "Oh, Drake stole my song, or Kendrick Lamar stole my hook, or something like that." And it it don't even be close, you know what I mean? But if you go listen to fucking uh, Jason shit, 
and watch the video that he dropped, I'm like, Yo, this nigga has a very solid claim. <laughs> very solid. And then yeah. when you listen to the claim, it wasn't even the typical like, oh, let me post my song on the side of his song and let y'all run with some bullshit. Like, the nigga did it while spitting heat. More heat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Create, come on, like, man. Homie's creative. Like, if you yeah, if you bro. heard before we had him, he, we talked to him before the album, and I want to get him back on to talk about the album, but if you watch the Rap Hub video, how he spoofed Pornhub, like, this nigga is creative. He is doing his thing. And the way he came out, came about this Eminem shit, nah, gotta give, gotta give Leo his props on this one. Jay saying, kill that shit. Shout out to, shout out to Leo. Y'all, y'all go uh, check that out on, uh, I believe it's, it's, go watch the video on his Twitter, but it should be out on SoundCloud and all streaming platforms, because that's what it said at the end of the video. Just wanted to shout that out, because that's a local artist killing things. And speaking of local artists, we have an interview with Will Khan coming up in the show in a little bit. Uh, we talk about his new, newest project, Meraki, so be on the lookout in a little bit. But less, I wanted to, uh, we got three more things to talk about. First, let me bring up Bill Simmons and The Ringer. They got bought by Spotify. Congratulations to Bill Simmons, one of the people I look up to in starting the Bros. Thing Network. He started a, he left ESPN, started his own podcasting network, on, and not even just podcast, content creation network because he has Ringer Films. They they make stuff for HBO. Like this, this Bill Simmons is living the dream, and to get bought by Spotify, that's huge. Not only is that huge, I think this is huge for another reason because I have a prediction that. The Joe Button podcast will no longer be Spotify exclusive if they don't try to match the bag. I'm not saying that Joe's going to get as much as Bill Simmons because Bill Simmons has a full array of content, whereas Joe just has one podcast. But the numbers of Joe's one podcast indicates that he should get a certain value dollar. And I think Joe wants to get something similar to a Bill Simmons. And if he doesn't, he's going to leave Spotify. And I think that's going to happen this June. Yeah, I, I think I think Joe deserve it. Not not just because I like the podcast as much as I do, but because of the audience he is able to bring with him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, niggas really, like, because I remember when he signed the contract, that's when he had to kind of make the move to delay his YouTube videos. And niggas had to wait fucking 48 hours <laughs> to see the shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody on Twitter already... Talking about what's going on. Like, you know how it is in the media these days. Like, a story will happen. 48 hours later, niggas don't even give a fuck no more. Like, you, you want to hear the pod. You know what like, I'm saying? Like, I, I listen to his shit. Every, I don't even watch the YouTube. Yeah, bro. It's it's like... But I used to watch it on YouTube before. And I, I was subscribed to Spotify already. But I'm saying they had a bunch of niggas that was literally like, all right, I wasn't paying for this Spotify premium before this, but... Now I'm a I'ma get that. <laughs> I got to. Yeah. You know what I mean? And because I really feel blog. like those same niggas gonna cancel their shit if and leave, yeah. Joe leave. If it's not exclusive, like think about if it's not even on Spotify at all. Like niggas will cancel their shit and move to wherever Joe go. All this Spotify shit that they try to do of building Bill Simmons, Jamil Hill, Joe Budden. Getting no bond, all this big, getting all these big creators. If they lose Joe, they lose a big demographic that was checking out all these other podcasts because they had Joe. So it's gonna be interesting. Yes, you're getting Bill Simmons in the Ringers audience, which is huge, by the way. Got to give Bill Simmons his props, but to have Bill and Joe, Spotify is dominating. And if you yeah. lose Joe, it's like, whoa, you niggas kind of fucked up. 
and and it's not even that because Spotify, they still like you just said, they're gonna have a roster. Like, oh, facts, yeah, they're gonna have a roster. But the problem that it causes is like, all right, let's say Joe take his shit to Apple Music or or some other platform. Because honestly, I think he's aiming for something higher than just switching to another DSP. He could do you it himself in Patreon. Yeah. yeah. So I'm wondering what happens when he moves to somewhere where it's only exclusive there. And now we only got one $10 a month. Who are we going to give our $10 a month to? Oh, yeah. You true. know what I mean? Like, because not everybody want to pay hundreds of dollars every month to subscribe to all these services. You know what I mean? So you got to think, like, because... Limited funds. I'm not going to I'm not gonna hold you, bro. Like, if Joe switched to another streaming platform, I might have to cancel my Spotify and go spend my money <laughs> somewhere else. Cause I, I get it. I, I fuck with Joe Pod. You know what I'm saying? I listen to that shit every week. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I, I feel like he has an audience that is also like that, like super loyal, bro. Like when you watching, um, like when you follow everybody individually, like fucking uh, Maul Rory and Savon and all these niggas, even like you'll start to realize, like, yo, they got a lot of people that's super invested in this pod. Facts, man, and oh, so much to the point where when he left Everyday Struggle, that show tanked. That show is still not recovered. That's like, like that show barely is get, is like maintaining the average viewing of a show of that magnitude. And yeah. and Joe, like you said, even though it's out on Spotify, Joe's still getting half a mil per video a pod, and and that's not including the mil and a half that downloaded the day it come out. Yeah. That's fucking I, numbers. I really do believe, bro, that if Joe Button had like live conversations on the pod, because his pull-ups they be nice, but it it's it make it lose that like authentic feel. Oh like, wait, 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 pause, pause. Don't even don't even say no more, Doom. We're not giving them no ideas. I am cordial <laughs> with with Ian Schwartzman, so I, uh, we are not we are not doing that on this. Oh, I, oh, I oh no, Ian Schwartzman definitely. We have definitely had multiple conversations over the internet, and he knows I have a podcast network. We're not doing that today, no I'll sir. And shout it. out and shout out to Ian. If you want them Jews, you better contact my nigga Doom on his Twitter. You best believe I'm trying to get my niggas a bag. You <laughs> Fuck That's out of here. That's no. what's up. Hell no. We're not going to do that one. We're going to applaud y'all and predict and how y'all killing the game. But let's not let's not act like, oh, no, y'all niggas not yeah, about to. For sure. That's a bet. That's a bet. Fuck you that. Right. <laughs> oh, no, you I got to right. say, I got to save you on that one because you got good ideas. that Because I know because we talk about that off here. I'm not, uh-uh, uh-uh. Yeah. No, sir. I'll y'all y'all, y'all hit it. up Doom at Lil Doom SJE if y'all want to get that nigga a bag and get for that sure. idea. But. Let's get to the last thing of the show before we get to the interview with Will Khan and then bros who ball after. I wanted to talk about Gail King real quick and Oprah. Man, Gail King really let me down more so than Oprah. And I know people would be like, well, she had to ask the question about Kobe. But nah, man, it it's wrong to do this now. You weren't doing this two months ago. You weren't doing this then. And I know people say, well, it wasn't relevant then. The way she did it, Gail is a legend. The way she did it felt clickbaity was felt nasty felt very you're a legend but you had to stoop to a level to get clicks to get people to pay attention to your shit like you shouldn't have to do that and i just it's wrong on all levels there's people grieving and all of that but even 
on the level of your just professionalism and integrity, I felt like she lost some. Yeah. I, I think, bro, at least in my book, I don't know if the masses will... Oh, feel that way. Yeah, same. In my book, is in, in my book, like, I feel like just with that one interview alone, she's tarnished every good thing she's done in the past. To yeah. me. To no, me. Like, the R. And Kelly I, perfect. Like, she need, like, I'm glad the R. Kelly shit happened, but this is different. Well, I was just about to say that. That is exactly why it's so disgusting to me is because she saw how successful the R. Kelly thing for her was. Like, and and she's done a lot of great shit in her career, don't get me wrong, but in at least the recent history, that was the biggest shit she had in a long time. You know what I mean? Like, that was literally, like, I feel like everybody in America at least saw a clip of that interview. That's how crazy it was. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what she's trying to do is recreate that, but what makes it nasty is that she's trying to start a narrative with somebody that's gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. That it's like when he was here, that shit wasn't an issue. Nobody said anything. Like, I, I feel like what what she what she looking at is like, yo, it's the ratings go crazy when we can fucking show America a monster live. You know what I mean? And that's that's what R. Kelly was, though. Like, that was who he is. He did that shit. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, <laughs> yo, I don't give a fuck. Air out all this nigga shit. We could care Same. less how he feel about it. What it do to his career? Fuck that. Fuck that nigga. Yeah, like, exactly. he, he deserve it. But Kobe? Nah, bro. Nah, yeah. Like, don't Which wait till he gone to try to paint him to be a monster for your ratings and shit. He convicted of anything. Got a, everything was acquitted. I know people can say he paid money. We don't know what happened. We don't know anything about that. But all I do know is he got acquitted. He wasn't guilty. Look, not now. Why? Why now? When his wife's grieving, when all these people are grieving, every and and it, it's just nasty, man. It's just nasty. It goes back to what we talked about last week, speaking on the dead, and about those feminist people who were posting it the day he died. And I would think Gail King would have more coof. Yeah, she didn't do it on the day he died, but doing it. A week or two after, a, a week after, and and doing it with an NBA player who was I'm a WNBA player, excuse me, Lisa Leslie, who's a legend, who you could see on her face was just like, why the fuck are you asking me this right now? Yeah, like no, that, this is what we're really talking about. And you got to think this is this is somebody who was legitimately close to Kobe, like somebody that cared about Kobe as a human being, not as oh, he was a legendary basketball player. You know what I'm saying? That's like if one of your best friends die and you hold him close, like the memory, he's gone. So the memory is all you have of him. And now while you're still in your grieving process, somebody is legit just poking at this rape yeah. allegations and, you know, like continuously trying to get you to say something about it. I applaud the way that Lisa handled it. Same. You know what I mean? And, like, I applaud the fact that she didn't get out of character at all. Yeah, because you know I think I mean? anybody, if it was, if that was Shaq, Shaq would have got out of character for yeah. sure. Like, that's, but how could that's, you blame him, though, you know? Bro, that's absolutely nuts that you would do that to somebody that's still in a grieving process. Like, I'm saying, even if this person, like, if we talking about, like, somebody who really done some bad shit, like, even, let's say, 
you know, somebody living in, in the streets, living a street life. You know they doing bad shit. They robbing people. They selling drugs. They doing crazy shit. But they get smoked in the streets. You're not going to go to their mom the next day and start asking her to tell you about how horrible of a yeah, nigga cops, he was. The cops not going to even do that. They're going to wait a day yeah, or two. Yeah, bro. Like, you got to let that person grieve. Like, I don't just respect. Like, Gail King had no respect. Like, that shit was just classless to me. Yeah. Like, watching it was almost like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, you doing too much. It was it was cringy. You it know was, what I'm saying? It was, man. Just, ugh. It, it, it just let me down. It really did. And just, I want to again send prayers to Vanessa Pride and everyone affected by this. And just shame on you, Gail King. Shame on you. Doom, tell the people they can find you out on social media, my brother. At Lil Doom SJE, Twitter and Instagram. Man, y'all go follow Doom. And like I said, Ian, if you, if you listen to this, Hit up my nigga too, man. <laughs> Hit me <Yeah>. up, Ian. <laughs> but let's, talk. let's get into the interview with Will Khan. Super thankful that he came on. Shout out to Will. And we're going to talk about his new album, Meraki, and getting to all of this right now. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's time. We have an interview, and I'm super, super excited about it. We're joined by Lafayette artist Will Khan. Will, yeah, how you yeah, doing, brother? Yeah. What's good, man? What's good, man? Cooling, brother. Cooling. Living good on this Super Bowl Sunday. Who you, who you rocking with this Sunday? Oh man, I don't know. It's gonna be tough. I mean, I might, I might go with the. I don't know. I don't know. Feel? I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna just wait and see. I'm just, just wait word one hundred percent. Well, you just dropped a new album, Rocky. Yeah, yeah, man. Go, go check that out, man. One hundred percent. We super excited to talk to you about that today. But let's. I want to start off by introducing you, cause and getting your story and understanding. So, what got you into rap music? Uh, really, I was like. I was like eight years old, and my older brother Ed, he uh, like I don't know, he saw I was kind of sad one day, and he kind of pulled me to the side, and he was like, "Yo, you should try, you should try making music." And we had like a headset mic. Wait, like, real quick, for people who don't know, he his his older brother's Ed X yeah, from Arm Armory. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, Edward X of Arm Armory. Uh, yeah. So like we had like a headset mic, like you know, just like something you play like video games with. You know what okay. I'm saying? And we use that to record my first song. It was called Lil Will. That was my first rap name. Real? Yeah, okay. Yeah, So. What made you change your name? Just was growth? I guess just growth, yeah. 100%. Really. So, your brother got you into the music. What What were some of your influences when y'all were, when you were like starting to be like, okay, I want to do this rap stuff. What were some of the people that he got you into, but what were some of the people helped this develop your style that you would base it off of? Yeah. Uh, Really? Uh, like I really like TDE, like mm. just as a group, like you know, like I like all of their styles, like I love all of their music. Really, you know, really Kendrick, really with his, you know, being conscious and being, you know, how he want better for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it really just made me want that, and so like it was easier for me to express myself, knowing the type of person I was, you know, which is like a caring person. So like, you know, I just wanted to give off like. You know, positive vibes with the music. Okay, real, and that's yeah. that's something we need because a lot of people preaching a bunch of negativity. Mm, yeah, for a real, bunch, for real. and you can see it in your album. No, one hundred percent. Let's uh, so TDE Ed got you in the music. When was you when you drop your first project? Uh, what maybe like two years ago? Okay, I dropped my first like little mixtape. Uh, it was called uh, the Way Up. Okay. And uh Yeah, that was 
That was pretty cool. Like I enjoyed that. It was very fun. What's the difference between then and now? Do you is it more confidence or is it just growth? Uh I don't know. I think like really now I'm getting more confident, but I think it's because I'm growing, you know? So I get they kinda both like one play the same. into each other. Yeah. One hundred percent. Well let's let's jump into the album. Why'd you pick the title and talk talk a little bit about what the title means? Uh all right, so uh, like actually, like uh, Meraki is like uh, it's like a word of that means like to like leave a part of yourself in something, you mm. know, like to put like your best effort into something, and like like so say like leave a piece behind, you know what I'm saying? Like a piece of yourself behind in the work. One hundred, but yo, that's yeah. fire! I didn't even know that's yeah. lit. But that's something just to go off of that. In the and let's have a little conversation. That's something that I think, if you're chasing a dream, no matter what it is, if you're a creator, a business person, you gotta do that or it won't work. You yeah, gotta leave true. yourself in the project. That's true. Like, I feel like if you're not, you know, using, you know, like yourself, like if you're just trying to be, you know, unauthentic, mm-hmm. then like, it, if it gets you anywhere, it won't last long because authenticity is what matters. You know, that's what creates longevity. Yeah, longevity. that consistency. One hundred percent. I right, right. I love the title. That's awesome. Let's jump into the first track. Highest. Talk to me a little bit about the creation of this one, and then, uh, yeah, just how this one came about. So, uh, highest. Uh, like the majority of the album is produced by Van Winkle. That's my my homeboy. You know, been up been up been a while now. Uh. We actually like recorded that song. He one day he was just, you know, playing the guitar and like I had an idea. Like he found the melody and I was like, bro, like we should make a like, you know, I want you to make a beat. Like we gotta record this. You know what I'm saying? And I had that verse that I actually had for a while. And okay. like it was just fitting so perfectly on this beat. Like, I don't know, it was just the the raw grittiness that it gave to the song, you know, which is why I chose it. So like and really, I thought about it after I made the song. Like, it's kind of like people can see it as an addiction song because I really talked about like, you know, uh, I said I know damn well addiction's bad for the health, so hold on, stay strong, don't lose yourself, you know. And I talk about like uh, how I was feeding over the feeling of chasing the wealth, you know what I'm saying? And like some people lose themselves sometimes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying with addiction or you know whatever it is that can be have a negative impact on their life and that could be anything from drugs social yeah, media women anything. gambling the smallest of things so even know. soda and food yeah, like for real, like for that's real. the thing and nah i see what you're saying about getting <clears throat> that positivity in the music mm-hmm. how how important is that is doing stuff like that just making sure that you help someone or you or do your best to show them like it's okay <sighs> Bro, like, it means the world to me. Like, I had a, I had a homie that I went to high school with come tell me a couple of days ago. He was like, "Bro, like, I jammed your album all the way through, and like, it honestly, like, really kind of changed my life." For real. And I was like, "Bro, like, to be honest with you, like, that's really what I needed to hear. Like, you know, cause, like, that's what's gonna keep me going. You know what I'm saying? Just to see that it's helping people. Like, to see that people love the music. Like." Not just because the beat's nice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, they like, bro, what you saying, I feel. You know what I'm saying? And But isn't that my... why you, isn't that why we all do this type of stuff? Because I know at the end of the day, we would love to get 
the money, the checks from it. Yeah, I, yeah. And, and you don't seem like the nigga chasing fame, so I'm yeah. not going to say that. But just to be able to feed your family and survive off it, of course, we that's the goal for all of us. But right. I think as creators and artists, we do it because not only do we love it, but if someone can take something from it, if you can at least affect one person, that's all that matters at the end of that's the day. That's true. That's true. Like, I agree. Like 100% because... Just getting that phone call that you got that, oh, this changed my life. Like, you can go all your day and saying, I got one person. Yeah, Maybe with the next album, I can get another that. one. Yeah, yeah no, 100%. It's accomplished, 100% for me. Like, I feel like that's my mission with my music. Like, if I get one person to tell me that they, like, you know, really enjoy my music, then that's all I need. You know, as long as I'm reaching somebody out there that I know I'm helping or, you know, I know that they feeling what I'm doing. Yeah, no, that's, that's important. So, like, yeah. you talked about Van Winkle producing the whole album. Talk mm-hmm. to me about before we get into any other song. Talk to me about why you chose to go the route of the one producer versus getting many different ones. Just because that's the person you feel comfortable with, or just give me why? Oh, uh, really? Like, we just kind of built a bond, you know. Like, he makes he makes music himself. Like, you know, he's also an he's also an artist. So, like, with us meeting, like, we actually work together. So. Okay. That's how we met, and like we just kind of like built a bond from working, you know, hanging out all the time, and then he like he just approached me with the, you know, we made a couple songs, and then he just approached me with the question of like, yo, you trying to, you know, you want to make a an album? So I was like, yeah, like you know, I'm down for it, bro. Like I was stoked. So ooh, so and this is an album. It's not a mixtape. Yeah, one hundred percent. All original music. Nah, fuck with that. Hell yeah. So the next song we got is Uppercut. This is the second song with mm-hmm. Chris SJE. Talk to me a little bit about the creation of this. What made you want to go with Chris? Because this song is a banger. Yeah. But I'm not going to say it's it's one of my favorites, but it's not my, because I got a favorite on here yeah. that I love. But just talk to me a little bit about this one. Uh, So, all right. So Uppercut, uh, I recorded Uppercut in 20 minutes. Real? Okay. Yeah. So like that first verse, I, uh, we recorded that and like I was just freaking out about it. I was like, bro, this might be the best verse I ever wrote. Like, you know, it was it just fit it just, so well. It just I was went like, so easy. This is so fire to me. Like, so that was really cool. And uh like I was I was telling I was talking to Van Winkle, I was like, bro, we gotta get somebody like fire on this. You know what I'm saying? Like I just want a feature that's fire. And I was like, Chrisa. I was like, Chrisa, like Chrisa would be perfect. 100%. So I hit him up and he was like, bro, it's an honor. Like, you know, I would love to. So I was like, bro, let's do it. Hell and, yeah. Yeah. And that's just how it came about. 100. Nah, that's a, that is a certified banger. Yeah. Like, nah, and I get why you was like, nah, we gotta, we gotta get someone that, that can bring the level with yeah, me. Yeah, for real. 100%. But the next one is my favorite, Foreplay. I love this song. I love the that's, beat. That's, that's one of my favorites too. That's a very deep song in my opinion. What, what headspace were you in when you was making this one? I mean... I wrote. I think I wrote that song. I was out of a job when I wrote that song. Like, I was just, you know, like, so I was really just in the headspace of, like, I'm just trying to put everything, like, how I'm feeling onto this, you know, in this verse. And then I just kind of talked about a lot of stuff. And then the last verse, I just kind of talked about, like, you know, the past, really. Kind of threw it back. But that, I don't know. I like I can't really I can't really describe like a lot of people ask me like you know how how were you feeling when you made your music you know sometimes like it's a feeling that you can't describe but like you know I just knew the, I just knew it was special when I made that song like do you ever have the feeling where it's like it's unconscious like you're 
you're doing something, but you're not conscious of it. It's just happening. Like, where you ever just get in one of those zones where you just spitting, but like, yeah, I wrote this. Yeah, I know I wrote this, but like, the way I'm spitting it right it now, just it feels just feels like it was natural. supposed to happen. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, bro. Like, I get in the zone when I'm recording. Like, like I'll just have the headphones in and like, I'll just like, the B2B plan, I'll just be going. Like, you know, and like, I'll just be like, like, sometimes I realize that like, I won't even look at my phone and it'll be a verse that I like just wrote. You know and what I'm saying? Just because you like, know it. Off yeah, of, yeah, I just know it like that. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's Hell just how yeah. it happens. It just comes sometimes. So the next song is Fat Bitches featuring... Uh, who's it featuring? Because is it OKDN? It's Oko. His Oko. name is Oko DN. Okay, Oko yeah. DN. Why? What made you choose him? Because you chose your features very limited. Yeah. So uh, me and Oko have actually been like internet friends since like my freshman year of high school. Okay. So like, yeah, it's been a long time. And uh, like, uh, we've been like, you know, just... We had, a, we had like a rap group. Where like we were kind of just a collective, like we were all just making our own music, and then sometimes we do features. Yeah. But like I never actually met Oko in person, and then there was this one night I met Oko in person. He was coming to record at Van Winkle. Oh, so yeah, yeah so had he to also get knew Van Winkle. So like that's how we met, and like I was there for his session, and then after that, like he just asked me if I wanted to hop on a feature, and then Van Winkle played us a beat, and we made that track, and like. It was a very funny session. Like, bro, we laughed, bro. It was a good session. I could tell it was a good time. We made yeah. you call the song Fat Bitches, but with the PH. Yeah. So the conversation that we had while recording the song, which is actually, you know, the reverse like warble you hear in the in the in the song, like in between the verses. Yeah. That's actually a conversation we were having about yeah, about fat bitches. <laughs> like, so yeah, it's pretty funny. Like I don't know. We were smoking. I don't know. We was yeah. It was fun. It's just a vibe. Yeah. I, I think your names of your songs are very creative. How important is choosing the right song title? And is it more so to to stand out, or is there a message behind it? Which way do you you like you prefer? I feel like I have a few songs on there that like may seem out of the box, you know, like. But some of them I did put on there kind of just, you know, hey, that's a wild name. Like, you know, just to kind of draw attention to mm-hmm. it, you know, because it'll get people to listen in a way. But, like, some of them do have a lot of meaning behind it. Like, foreplay, you know, like, uppercut, yeah. clearly, you know, like, so, I don't know. It's kind of mixable. Mixable, yeah. 100%. The next one, the next couple are the featurings of Van Winkle, where y'all get into y'all singing, yeah. your, uh, singing rapping bag, where you get melodic, which I really fuck with. This way, fourteen hours, a minute on my phone, and then Bobane. Yeah. Talk to me. What did you feel like? Because to me, I feel like those songs could be considered part ones, part twos, part threes, part four. Like they seamlessly go in throughout each other, and the, and the messages kind of, kind of flow into each other with those. Yeah. Just talk to me, the creation of those, and why you chose Van Winkle to sing on. Uh, I mean, me choosing him as a feature was really like I don't know. Like I've heard like. I've heard his music before, you know what I'm saying? And, like, I listen to his music myself, and, like, I'm a big fan of him, you know? like So, like, for the opportunity to be there, like, that he was producing my album, I was like, bro, like... Gotta get on Yeah, like, yeah. you gotta get on this. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm so thankful, you know? And, like, he did that off the love, you know? It was just a love between us that we were able to make that album. So, like, the bond, you know? So, that's really how, like, that's, like, really why we collaborated. 100%. Let's yeah. t- talk to me about 14 Hours because I really like that song. And I think it was a good length. It was good message behind it. Just give me the vibe of that one. Uh, 14 Hours. Uh, Man, 
that's the first song me and Van Winkle ever made. Oh, okay. Yeah. How okay, interesting. So when did the intro get made? Actually, the intro was made like last or second to last. <laughs> like no, like no cap. Like yeah, for real. That's Why funny. do you think that happens? Because I that I when I talk to a lot of artists, that it's usually the intro is either. First, like first, first, or it's last, like yeah, it's all the way in the back. Yeah. How did that come about? I don't know. Like honestly, we really didn't have like a genuine order. You know what I'm saying? At first, when we were creating the songs, so like we kind of were just putting them together and then seeing how they all flowed through. You yeah. know, as we went throughout it, and then like when we were getting towards the end of the album, like uh, Van Winkle was like, "Bro, like you need an intro," you know, and then like. We were just going through it. We recorded, we recorded a couple more songs, you know, throughout the time. And then one, then I recorded Highest. And he was like, bro, this is definitely the intro. Like, you know what I'm saying? I was like, that's crazy. This is the last one. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, It just worked out that way. Yeah, so that was pretty dope. Hell yeah. So we get Bo Bane with Van Winkle. What, what made you want to call it Bo Bane? So like, uh, like, I don't know, like. I don't know, me and my friends, we really like the fact that, like, you know, you could replace, you know, the little the little slang of yeah. replacing the C with a B. Facts. So like, I was like, hey, man, we should do that. You know, put some names <laughs> of the songs. That's how we got, like, you know, Bo Bane and all those other songs. So. 100%. You yeah. get Pancake Bus. This is a hard one. This is the one, only one that's not produced by Van Winkle with uh, Jazz X, XY. Yeah, Jazzy. Jazzy. Yeah. Talk to me about this one, how this one came about. Uh... All right, so uh, we were at an event, like, well, actually, we were at Van Winkle's house, but Van Winkle was having this little thing where, like, all the producers that he knew, like, from, like, UL and, like, you know, just around the area, they all came and, like, a bunch of rappers came and we all just, like, you know, they made beats and we just freestyled, you know what I'm saying? Like, stuff like that. It was very fun. And then me and Jazzy wound up going in the studio and then Jazzy was like, yo, bro, what kind of beat you want? Like, just kind of shocked me because, yeah. you know, I wasn't expecting. I'm like, you know, we just vibing, whatever. But, like, he was like, yo, bro, what kind of beat you want? And I was like, oh, oh, all right, cool. You making me a beat? You know, and I was like, make that thing hot. And he made that flame, you know, and I was like, bro, like, you know, I'm so thankful for that because, like, that's one of my favorite songs. This song is so hard to me. Like, yeah, and the video, yeah. video coming soon, too. Which, so. which songs are you choose? Like, are you choosing it deliberately? Because Pancake Bus definitely is one that I'm like, all right. This deserve a video. Are you yeah. gonna go try to go with videos for any other ones? I would like to definitely. Mm-hmm. I would definitely try. Yeah, one hundred percent. And you finish out the album with Bodine featuring Bizzle, one of your only other features. Yeah. Why'd you choose Bizzle? And then I think how in how you start off with a a message with the whole addiction thing. I think you kind of cap it off with this one very yeah. well. So, uh, like, uh, Bodine is well, Bailey. Well, that's Bizzle. Bizzle's name is Bailey. He's actually my best friend. We've been best friends since high school, since like freshman year. So like, so like the thing really is, is like, he's always like, he was just always at the sessions, you know, like he was always there with me, like always rooting on, you know, supporting and stuff. And like the whole time we were recording the tape, I'm just like, bro, you got to write a verse. Yeah, you know, you gotta, just you gotta messing do something. with him. And he's like, bro, you know, I don't know. Like, you know, like, I don't know if I could really rap. Like, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do it. I'm like, bro, just trust yourself. And he was like, I want to. I'm like, you know, just just go ahead with it. Like, Real, see, I ain't even, you, know, I, you yeah. couldn't even tell that he was like, that yeah. he ain't never, never rapped before. That's what I'm saying. That's why I was telling him, like, bro, you sound like you, you know, you sound like you knew what you was doing, doing, you yeah. know? So it just took the, you know, just the, you know, you had to fill it in yourself. Mm. And like, I think that was a good conversation we had. You know, I feel like it was good that we were able to motivate him to want to record. 
and we made that song. It is very fire. No, that's I think it's a very cool song. It is, and I think this whole project, you get into a lane where it's like, I'm gonna make songs that not only sound good, but I'm gonna give you the bars and the lyrics. How how important is the bars and the lyrics to you? Because there's some artists that's just about the melodies getting out something that sounds fire, but your stuff sounds fire, but there's a message behind each word. Yeah, I try to like stay consistent with delivering a positive message. Like, I don't really, I don't know. I think like just my, just my style, you know, just like what I choose to rap about, you know, is more of motivational, you know, positive, you know, like. I want to be, you know, successful. Like we all trying to get to a certain place in life. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's kind of really what I focus on. Like, I don't know. I think it's very, I think it's very interesting. Like I, I, I wasn't expecting like, you know, I think I've grown a lot myself from my last tape because, you know, I just like the fact that you can hear the growth in my music and, you know, you could tell how I'm starting to mesh more with the, you know, starting to develop your own sound. Yeah. So like, I think it's very cool that I'm, I feel, I feel original to myself. You know what I'm saying? That's important, man. Hell yeah. And I think that's why this project feels so, so genuine. And it feels like this is this, this man's first album and it, it feels like a first album, but then it doesn't. It feels like, all right, this artist his other projects don't sound like this, so we see the growth, the development, but it's like, all right, he's an artist. Like we, yeah. we we're getting the message behind this, we're getting the music, we're feeling the vibes. There's for sure, for it's sure. a full it's a full project in a sense. It it touches multiple points of does it have the bars, does it have impactful music, does it have impactful message, and how's the presentation? And I think all four of those points are hit very spot on. Mm-hmm. So I gotta give you props with that. Tell the people they can find it at on social media before we get to the other questions. Uh, you can find it. Uh, there's a link in my bio on my Instagram. My Instagram is I am dot Uh, I have a Twitter. It's at Young Wilcon. I think it's in the bio there too. You can find it on SoundCloud. Look up Wilcon or look up Meraki, and uh, it should pop up. Y'all go check that out, man. One hundred, one hundred percent. Yeah, I found it one hundred percent on yeah. SoundCloud. Let's get into a little bit to let your fans know. A little bit about you and let the listeners get a a vibe of who Will Khan is. Who's your favorite artist? Besides yourself, of course. Man, they got a lot of good artists in the game right now. They really do. Uh really if like my favorite artist of all time would have to be Kendrick. That's my favorite all time. One hundred percent. Like uh new I like Boogie. Mm, I, low key, I think Boogie, Boogie had one of the best albums last year. Bro, Boogie is so nice. Boogie bro. is cold, bro. Yeah, bro, for real. Gotta shout that dude out. That dude kills it. So Boogie, Kendrick, I fuck with that. If you was on an island and they told you you could only bring one album, what's that album you bringing? Like you get a little iPod, you, you pull up on, the, you wake up on the island, there's an iPod next to you and there's only one album in it. What's in it? Hmm. That's tough. Because part of me would bring Sorry for the Wait too. Mm. Yeah, and I like uh, man, they got Good Kid, Mad City. I'll bring that. I don't know, man. They got so, a lot you, of, so you're sorry they, for the way yeah. too of the kid. All right. Uh, speaking of sorry for the way too, how did you like Funeral? Uh, I didn't really get to check it out yet, to be honest. Okay. Yeah, I really need to though. I've been I've been kind of hyped about it, but I've been working to it. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna have to ask you what, what you think about it when you check when you check yeah, it out. Yeah, definitely, bro. I, I feel a certain way about it, but we're not gonna we're not gonna get into <laughs> that right now. Uh, yeah. favorite movie. Uh, 
Well, right now, Bad Boys for Life. That movie was Bro, good, man. That movie was nice. That movie, yeah, look, it might be one of the best ones of the Bad Boys. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, bro. That was a very funny movie. It was really, it was well played out too. I think it was very funny. Hell yeah, it's a bad movie. boy. It's one hundred. Yeah, you're an anime fan, which I did not know before we sat down and talked. Give mm-hmm. me some of your favorite anime. Uh, well, I really my all time favorite is called Devil May Cry Baby. I don't know. Fire if you know. Yeah, Netflix. Yeah. Fire. Oh, bro. that's so nice. I also like Baki. Fire. Uh. I've seen some Naruto. I haven't seen all of it. I gotta catch up. Uh, I've seen Dragon Ball Z. Uh, I like that. Uh, Demon Slayer. That's my new Cole, favorite. Cole yeah. Simon. No, one hundred. That has that looks so good. That's just a good looking anime. It's very. It's animated beautifully. Yeah, beautifully. Hell yeah! So we got Baki. We got Devil May Cry. Baby. We got Demon Slayer. A little bit of Naruto. Dragon Ball Z. Hell yeah! Fuck. Those are some good. That's yeah. a, that's a good foundation for sure. One hundred percent. So, give me. We ask this to everybody. You an ass man or you a tit man? I'm definitely an ass man. One hundred percent. That's what most shout people out, say. Shout out to my girl. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. Okay, if you could go anywhere in the world, where would it be on vacation? I'm the type of person where like I kind of want to see everything. So like, <laughs> you only I get know. one. Uh, vacation. Bora Bora. Solid, solid yeah. choice. I think Bora Bora is really pretty. Like, I've seen, like, you know, like, videos of it and stuff. Like, Hidden in the cabana. Bora, Bora, yeah. yeah. Fire, fire, fire. I fuck with that. Hell yeah. Yeah, that'd be dope. No, 100%. So, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? And depending on your answer, because I got, I have, I have, com, com, I have rebuttals for all superpowers. But there's one particular, if you say, I got a big rebuttal for it. I'm gonna have to say flight. Ooh, that's the one I was ready for. <laughs> How you gonna choose? Okay, so if you flying, and you flying that super, and you f- flying fast. If something hits you, you done. You don't have super strength. <laughs> that's why every time I think somebody hey. say flying, I'm like, yo, what if something hits you? You're fucked. Hey. <laughs> you better wear like some some shoulder pads and hockey pads. Yeah, for real, bro. Cause not, yo, that is the way that people. The way people portray flying is like, okay, well, yeah, Superman can fly, but do you not realize Superman has shit on his skin that will stop him yeah, from, like, if a bird hits you going fast, he does, he's like, it's a broken arm, but that shit might go through your body. <laughs> that's hilarious. But nah, flying, great power, though, but I, I just, that's just my, my, my thought with all. I always think about teleportation, because I think about if I'm in this that world. Been, that would have been my second one. If I'm in this world, how do I, how do I try to... Yeah, yeah, how do I better myself? Because like, yeah. if I'm gonna do so, all right, my thing is, of course I try to help people for sure, but I gotta get my racks up. So, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. off rip, straight up in the vault. I'm getting my bread and I'm getting out, and then yeah. then I help people. We good after that. Yeah, facts. So I always think super speed too, because that'll be if I if I was flash level fast. Yeah, flash. Yeah. That'd be cool. <laughs> like, I could just run through shit. Nah, that's hard. I never think super strength, though, because, like, what, what that's going to do for me picking up? Like, you I'll be an athlete. Like, <laughs> you're never really in situations where you, you got to pick something that, up. Yeah. Like, something super heavy. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, it's not like, yeah, you know, like, it's not really a superhero movie where, like, you got to. Yeah, well, you got to fight, niggas. <laughs> yeah, you got to push this train to stop it from falling off a ledge. Like, no worries. So, flight, hell yeah. Hell. Yeah. You're a big sports fan. 
Oh yeah, man. I like sports. I haven't been I haven't been really watching recently, but like growing up, man, I just always been into sports. I love sports. Who's some of your favorite teams? Okay, you, yeah, you yeah. tall, man. You look like a hooper. Yeah, man. I played basketball when I was younger. Uh, I played football in middle school. I didn't play in high school. It was like a you know college like dual enrollment yeah. type thing. But uh, yeah, man. Like favorite basketball team is definitely right now. Hmm, who I like right now. Yeah, I'm about to go with the Pels, bro. My Hell time, yeah, bro. One hundred. I really like them boys. Bro. Shout out to the squad. Yeah, you already know. Okay, so the Pelis' yeah. favorite football team. The Saints. The Saints already one hundred percent. So we we Louisiana out. That's yeah, how I yeah. am myself. For sure, gotta represent, bro. Gotta represent. Okay, now this one I don't expect necessarily a, a player from here, but favorite Hooper of all time because everybody got a different one. Julius Irving. For real, yes. you you a Dr. J fan? Yes, like. Like, if not, like, if they say, like, active, then it's definitely Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Like, I just love Kevin Durant. Like, I always have. Like, I've watched him since college. So, yeah, like, when he was yeah. in Texas. Hell yeah. So, like, he's really, you know. He's one of the smoothest I, players in the game. Yeah, but I see that's bro. why you picked Dr. That's J. That's also why, you know, you see they got the same kind of similar yeah, style. Yeah, they're, they're very, very smooth Very players. smooth on the court. Very, like, you know. Finesse. Slick, yeah. Hell yeah. I know I fuck with that. Favorite football player? Favorite football player? Hmm. My favorite wide receiver of all time, though, Megatron. Megatron. Ooh, yeah. what you think about? He retired so early. He could have been better than what he because he was a, he was amazing. Yeah, like he was really amazing. But he could have been like To Randy Moss, yeah. Jerry Rice. He could have been. Yeah, he, he could have been the best all time. In honestly, the record books. Yeah, yeah no, for sure. sure. That dude was cold as fuck. <sighs> I don't know why he gave it up so young. But I mean, I, I get it though with all the CTN shit. Like, yeah. I, I get that one hundred percent. If you could have a feature from anybody, dead or alive, who would it be? Dead or alive? Hmm. I have to say probably probably like Michael Jackson. Mm. Any artist. All right, for sure. Any rapper? Tupac. Hell yeah, okay. Like yeah, like Tupac, Biggie. I like X too. Like as far as like, you know, young guys. Yeah, one hundred percent. Long way before his time. Right yeah, as he start bro. figuring shit out. Tragic. <sighs> Tragic, tragic, tragic. Yeah, all he had to like, and I and I'm not saying this to talk down on the dead at all. But I say that I gotta just be honest. I call it spade a spade. Yeah. There's and I felt and I said this about Kobe's death too. If it's a situation you can avoid, you gotta avoid it, man. Like if if somebody's trying to rob you, just give it, just give them your stuff and just say, I just want to walk away with my life. And at that point, if they kill you, did everything you could. But yeah. he tried to fight back. And with the Kobe situation, the people told him not to fly his helicopter. So don't fly the helicopter, but the pilot still did. Huh? No, yeah, no, because because of the fog, they, it was super yeah. fog and dense. The pilot control told the pilot, "Don't fly the, don't fly the helicopter." He's like, "I can do it. I'm a Navy pilot. I think I got it." I mean, like that was avoidable. Like the exit, that's avoidable. So it's just sad that those situations are sad to me. Yeah, it's just if they were thinking better in those times. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. And that's like I said, that's not me talking on the dead. That's just me. D- just, just saying how some shit's avoidable. Nah, so, but X, that'd be a fire, fire feature. Hell yeah. yeah. Okay, we from Louisiana. Boudin or crawfish? Crawfish. Mm, okay, boudin or gumbo? Hmm, gumbo. All right, gumbo or crawfish? Gumbo or crawfish? Hmm, gumbo. All right. Definitely. See, I'm, I'm, I'm with you with the with. I, instead of like, how you got gumbo like crawfish boudin, no one hundred percent. No, I didn't say it, but like no, yeah. I feel you on that. But see, I'm I'm crawfish gumbo boudin. You boudin, uh, you gumbo crawfish boudin. Yeah, yeah boudin gotta be like like boudin's fire, but like I'm not picking it over crawfish. Or gumbo. Yeah. Most said we crazy. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's my shit, yo. I oh, love yeah. it. So let's put some spicy ball crackers. Hey, I'm from New Orleans, dog. <laughs> hey. Look out. Speaking of that, how was, that? how was the transition from New Orleans to here? Uh, Actually, it was from uh, Hurricane Katrina. Mm. So, like, yeah, it was. I mean, I was young. I was only like four or five, you okay. know? So, like, I can't say. You spent most of your growing up yeah, here. Yeah, so. But it was pretty tragic. Like, I know, I remember moving here being hard. Like, you know, like getting here was hard. You know, we kind of took a, you know, it was kind of like hitchhiking. And stuff. Yeah, it was rough. Yeah, so, like, I don't know. I just remember that being rough. Like, but we got here, we got to a church, and like a church took us in, and we stayed there until my mom was able to get a house. And then, you know, it was a small house, but we lived in it. It worked you know? out. Hell yeah. yeah. That's what's up. One hundred percent. So, I, my the question I ask everybody, everybody gets asked this question: If you were the writer, director, producer to the Will Kind movie, how do you want that movie to end? Successful. Like I, I wouldn't want it to be. I don't. I wouldn't want it to have a negative ending. I would want it to have a positive ending. Like me doing something great at the end. You know, yeah. like just to leave like something positive. You know what I'm saying? Like if it was the. Like, if I was making... A, if this movie was being made, like, say, like, you know, God forbid, but, like, after I pass or whatever. But, you know, I would want it to have a positive ending. Like, me doing some... Me performing a big show or something, you know? That's all hell. I like, love I love the answers I yeah, get, man. They get like, different ones, because I ain't never heard somebody say, perform a big show and do some podcast. Yeah, that's that's ill. That, like, that'd be a cool ending. Just leave a big, lasting impact on everybody. Like, you know, this who he was, like, you know? He was the music, you know, he was what he expressed. And he helped people through that. Yeah. No, 100%. Hell yeah. Well, tell the people where they can find you at on social media and tell them again where they can get the project at. Uh, yeah, man. Once again, uh, you can follow me on Instagram at I am dot Wilcon, I am dot Wilcon, and uh, on Twitter at Young Wilcon. And uh, the music is on. Uh, it's on SoundCloud right now. Just type in Meraki, type in Wilcon. It should pop up. Uh, it's on SoundCloud right now, but it'll soon be on you know Apple Music and all those other things. One hundred percent. Yeah, man, y'all go check out this project. This is one of the better projects I've heard in a long time. I really, really enjoyed myself. It has a deep message behind it. Right. Great music and a lot, a lot of bars. This man That's can love. really rap out here. Thank you, Will, for coming yeah. on the pod, man. I really, really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, 100%. Sir. Let's get into Bros Who Ball. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the segment of the Bros Who Think podcast called Bros Who Ball, where we discuss mainly sports. Well, not mainly. We just we only discuss sports topics. And joining me, as always, Mr. Adam Schubert. Shuby, how you doing, brother? You mean we're not talking about... Uh... Movies in this one? I mean, I, I thought this was Bros Who Binge, man. I think we got the wrong days. No, 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 no. We 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 right. Uh, but also joining us is Mr. Julian Navarre. Julian, how you doing, brother? Oh, I'm doing great, man. Ready to talk some basketball. Yeah, it's that time. The NFL is over. We got to talk a quick segment of the Super Bowl real quick. But we're fully transitioning to basketball. With basketball, let me welcome in our other host, as always, Mr. Justin Batiste. Justin, how you doing, brother? One more week where we don't start the segment off with basketball. This is the final football week, so I know you're probably happy with all that. <laughs> I mean, like, it was good. I mean, the Super Bowl, that was interesting. I watched a little bit of that. But right now, the biggest thing right now is probably the uh, trade deadline. Yes, like, and we, four we, trades we, been made so far. 
That's probably the biggest thing right now. Yeah, but we're going to get into all of that. So let's start off with the NFL first. Uh, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. I think we all predicted as much. Schubert. Schubert was the one who went with 49ers. So I'll start with you, Schubert. What did you see from that game? Why did why do you think the 49ers lost? Uh, well, I think, you know, they the game was going exactly the way that they wanted it to go for a majority of it, at least three full quarters. Um, you know, and their game plan, I don't think, was off because, like, the the plays were there and you had to attack because you knew that something like this with Patrick Mahomes could, could happen. So, I mean, I really don't have any issue with, like, how the 49ers played the game. I think it was really just kind of a magical moment for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And you got to give it to him there. I mean, like, I think, you know, technically and thinking and, you know, thinking like what was the best overall team. And I still think at the end of it, the 49ers are still the best team and are still are, have the most potential of keep staying a playoff contender for next season. So it, it was more of a really magical moment for Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and coming back and winning that game at the end. And uh, I think it made for a good finish for what was most of the time a boring game. Yeah, no, look, uh, uh, the Chiefs won this one. They were losing at first. You could see the jitters with Patrick Mahomes. He settles in, him and his coach, they get something going, and they start They start to work. But some would say Kyle Shanahan lost that game because he wouldn't run the ball, maybe a little bit like the Atlanta Super Bowl. I'm going to come to you, Julian. What would you think of this game? Uh, basically, basically the same thing what Schubert said. Uh, 49ers were a better team, and I mean, typically, I mean, they were supposed to win. They had the game won. Uh, Kyle Shanahan with the ultimate choke job. They literally, the Chiefs didn't go and win this game. The 49ers lost this game. It was literally in their hands. They were up 20 to 10, one of the best defense in the NFL. Defense has been clicking the whole time. Averaging six yards a carry on the run, but yet in the second half, you don't want to run the ball. I mean, it's the fourth quarter. You're getting six yards a carry. The Chiefs' defense is pretty good in the secondary because of the honey badger. But uh, as far as you can running, you can run on the Chiefs. No problem. They, they, they would have no problem getting five, six yards a carry. And they went yeah, and, and look, that up. to that point, Tevin Coleman, 5.6 yards a carry. Uh, he averaged 5.6 yards. And Raheem Mostert, 4.8. I mean, I thought the run game was working at times, but I'm not going to blame Kyle Shanahan fully. I'm going to blame Jimmy Garoppolo because it's like, you got to make those throws to uh to George Kittle. You got to make that, complete that pass to Emmanuel Sanders. You got to get all of that done. So my no, thing... you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right, but... Uh, they, they I mean, at, the, the, at the end of the day, regardless of what... Of if they ran it or not, if Jimmy makes that one pass, we're not talking about it. No, one hundred exactly. That's why I'm going at him. No, no, I mean they all deserve a piece of the blame, but Kyle Shanahan is the play caller and the coach. And with a running back that's been running, that's I mean y'all average six yards a carry. The Chiefs' defense is tired at this point. Why don't you just run the ball and run the clock out? The key is to keep Mahomes off the field, and that's what they didn't do. They let him get enough reps to finally warm up and make a couple of big throws. And I mean, and look, the the defense of the 49ers, you know, Richard Sherman got burned like I expected eventually. You know, I knew Mahomes would figure him out, but they lost, They had the game won, and they went ahead and lost. And, of course, Jimmy G, I mean, he didn't make the throws he didn't need to make, but they knew what kind of quarterback he was. 
leading up to that game, to the Super Bowl, he had thrown 29 passes in the playoffs. So, of course, he's not going to make those throws. He hadn't had much practice recently, in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, one game, what was it, the Green Bay game? He threw like 10 times, or was that the, the Now, Minnesota do we think that's in like a testament? Do we think that's in a testament to Kyle Shanahan's play calling, or do we think that— Wait, let me, let me rephrase that. Do we think that's because Kyle Shanahan doesn't have full faith in his quarterback? That's the that's the right question. I think it's a little bit of everything. Um, but whenever you're running the ball like that, why throw it? It's one of the that's true why, too. You know why throw it? And you know they expected Jimmy G to make some of those throws, but it he's he hadn't been put in a situation like that all. Last time he was in a big situation was New Orleans. He delivered. Um, he's delivered in a few situations. He's capable. It was just he was on a big stage. He messed up. It's something he can learn from, and that, that's going to haunt him. That's gonna haunt him for the rest of his career. I think he can make a bounce. I think he can come back, but he should have never been in that position, in my opinion. I think they went ahead and lost the game. They let Mahomes get going. I agree with that, but I think they let Damian Williams get going because I don't think Patrick Mahomes should have won the uh, Super Bowl. In the oh no, no! If I he's think... not throwing those bombs, then I get back. You, you you can't run back into the game down I, ten look, in the fourth quarter. D- Damian Williams run. didn't win them the game. Damian Williams just iced it. I just felt Damian Williams put that team on his back and made plays when it was necessary. Yes, Mahomes broke. Yeah. Crucial runs. He had 17 carries for 100 runs. He averaged six yards a run. He had one touchdown. Okay. He had four receptions, 29 yards, one touchdown. I mean, give Damian Williams his credit. And I'm not, look, Patrick. Where's, Patrick. where's his game saving moment? Yeah, I can't. The only thing I remember he did was score that. I, he iced the touchdown. That was a wide open hole. Thanks to the offensive line. He didn't even get touched. You know what I remember of that game? Patrick Mahomes getting hit in the chops and throwing a 40 yard bomb down the field for Tyreek Evans, cutting through the wind, and a big, a nice pass to Sammy Watkins for like 20 something yards. Those are the plays I remember. I do and remember Travis that. Kelsey and a, play, run and a whole bunch of things. The play that was. Look, one of the highlights of Patrick Mahomes' career is him falling back, throwing 40-something yards, and falling straight into Tyreek Hill's hands. That's what I remember. For Damian Williams, he had a big run with a holes wide open. And I mean, he, he had a bunch of runs. Like, I'm not just going to let you do that to Damian Williams. Damian Williams had a lot of runs that continued drives, getting them first downs. I Look, I get Patrick Mahomes had a good game, but I'm not rewarding the best player in the NFL and giving him MVP when he had his worst game as a professional. Mm. Worst game as a professional. I mean, that was one of it. That was probably his worst game as an NFL quarterback. That has to be the most clutchest game I've seen yeah. since Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Yeah, like all I, he needed I, was one quarter to beat a team. He he literally needed one quarter. He did not play well. The he did not play well in the second and third quarter. I'll give you that. But look, he needed one quarter. Man, that was Michael Jordan. That was Michael Jordan, the clutch out there, man. That's what you just saw Sunday. I mean, all they needed was one quarter in the Super Bowl to beat somebody. I mean, it's not as good as Tom Brady beating the Falcons. That's Mike Shanahan's fault, too, by the, by the way. I mean, Kyle Shanahan. But, uh, look, Patrick Mahomes needed one quarter to do some business against the best defense. And, man, did he do it. Hubert, what you think about my uh, MVP, my, my uh, Damian Williams should have been Super Bowl MVP take? Oh, I mean, I think you're just giving too much credit to a guy who had no moment. Like, <laughs> he didn't – like, he, legitim- he legitimately had no carry in the game that saved them. Like, 
He, 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 he got a lot of first downs for him and got a receiving touchdown. And that's like the what, part. like the third quarter or something like that? Like, oh, a receiving I, touchdown. But Patrick, oh, yeah, receiving. Okay. That was all yours after the catch. I'm not going to let y'all do that. Patrick Mahomes had a rushing touchdown and two passing touchdowns. Yeah, I, I get that. Wait, but he, he, reception. Yeah, he ran the ball in. Yeah, so I mean, the Super Bowl. I'm just saying. Clutch in the fourth quarter. That's all I saw was the fourth no, quarter. No, I'm not, That's all look, the game I, was was the fourth quarter. That was a boring-ass game, to be honest. I can't agree with you when he scored when, points in the first half. I, I mean, the fourth quarter. When, I can't when, the game, when the game was on the line, I guarantee you that, you know, 10 guys on the field weren't looking at Damian Williams. <laughs> or whatever his name is. <laughs> you know his name. Don't do that to fucking Damian Williams. Hey, look, look I, I'll say this for Tyron Matthew. Did y'all see him on the sideline? Fussing at his team, hyping yes. Up. Ever since yes. that moment, ever since he did that, the 49ers did not score another point. Yes, thanks for bringing that up because that was so true. The Honey Badger did have a good night, and and shout out to uh Will, um, not Will, Kendall Fuller, Kyle Fuller for the icing interception as well on, on Jimmy G. That and I he had some good bad like bad downs too, bad, like, he, yeah. some breakups. Like nope. he was playing, he was balling probably more so than the Honey Badger was. I'm probably, but I'm happy for Andy Reid, man. He finally got that monkey off his back. Like he can win. Yeah, now Kyle uh, Shanahan's got the monkey on his back. Oh, look for Andy Reid. Look, we could say Patrick Mahomes played bad. That play calling wasn't good at all. Since when Patrick Mahomes throws checkdowns? I saw a whole bunch of checkdowns during that game. Andy Reid did not have the best play calling. But you don't uh, want to talk about my yards up until Damian Williams. Yeah. Oh, please, dude. <laughs> so, what, you throwing some Drew Brees stats out there? Come on. I'm just but still, look, Andy Reid didn't have the best play calling either. The Chiefs literally needed the fourth quarter. And it was no, all because it, of Patrick Mahomes, nobody else. Look, I got to give it to him. He's the best player in the NFL. He's the, he's the guy now that is the face of the NFL. And, and I think he played well in that fourth quarter. He had magic. But. With that being said, he like I said, the first three quarters were the worst quarters he's played professionally, and you could see the nerves. But I'm glad he overcome it. I mean, is he the best player in the NFL? Who who do you think it is? If it's not him, Russell Wilson, bro. Oh, oh my gosh, no way! Now you no. you are tripping. Hey, I- it's close. It's close. It's because Russell Wilson really doesn't have weapons like that. But man, Holmes is slinging like Russell. Look, they're Russell's both not magical. Good. He's not throwing. He said that forty-yard bomb while getting smacked Patrick in the face. Patrick Mahomes ha- is having his career right now. His, his career Mahomes right now is twenty-four. Is, is, is Russell Wilson's? What do you mean? Oh, yeah, one no, thing. no. Patrick about- Mahomes can. Russell, man, Patrick Mahomes can throw you back into a game. And Patrick Mahomes has the the mo- and- the, the second most uh come uh comeback in the games in the playoffs. He's tied for second most in NFL history right now. And this what year three? They're, they're come. I'm just saying their come up is is real similar. And no, like, I just feel totally like, different teams. And, and I feel like, you know, at this point, Russell's in his prime, and Patrick still is going to be in his prime in two years. I don't know, Shuby. You tripped. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. Russell Wilson is magical. He makes something out of nothing a lot. If, yo, if Russell, Wilson, if Russell Wilson was on the – if Russell Wilson's on the 49ers last – in that game, who wins? Uh, oh, well, the 49ers. 49ers. Well, so, so you're going to blame Russell Wilson for being on the Seahawks? No, no, no. Let and, he's, and he's the only reason, and he's the only reason they go to the playoffs? That team's terrible. Let me give you a better comparison to what you're doing, but I'm going to do it for Patrick Mahomes. Put Patrick Mahomes on the uh, the teams that had fucking the Legion of Boom. 
I guarantee he wins more than Russell Wilson. Because Russell Wilson wasn't making plays at that point, partner. He didn't make plays to the R- Legion Russell of Boom. Russell Wilson wins the Super Bowl his second and third season. Because of the Legion of Boom. So? Uh, and, but that's my point. Patrick, if, and he would have won two if it was Patrick, I believe. The Chiefs a- are going to the Super Bowl because of Patrick. That's yeah, why. It wasn't the defense either. Last year, he almost brought one of the worst defenses in the NFL to the Super Bowl. And the reason they didn't go to the Super Bowl was because a defensive player jumped off sides. That's how Russell, good he is. Russell, look. So, are you, so are you saying that Chiefs defense is, is trash? It's, Last year, yeah. This year, it was all right. It's, it's not the, the Legion of Boom? What are, we, what are we talking about? The Legion of Boom is a is arguably going to be one of those Hall of Fame defenses like the 85 Bears, like the Pittsburgh. Like, that defense was incredible. I'm not going to let you compare Tyron Matthew and Frank Clark playing defense. I'm not by- comparing their teams. I'm comparing that their success uh, – I'm saying that his career right now is panning out that's going to be similar to Russell to Russell Wilson's. Like, they are similar in I think- star, in star potential. Like, I think that Russell Wilson right now is going to be what Patrick Mahomes is. Is in two years, hmm. I, uh, but I, but I think I mean I think that you know if I'm looking at the best quarterbacks, it's Russell Wilson, probably Patrick Mahomes, and then maybe you could say Aaron Rodgers. If even, but that's not my personal take. I'd probably put maybe third quarterback. Ooh, I don't know. That's, that's another discussion one. for another, another day. I don't know how yeah. you have Russell Wilson, Wilson above Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Crazy to me. I got Russell second. That's yeah. And, and got second. him second. He's, so, I'm not. So we're talking like. So we're talking. Uh, you know, apples and oranges here. I I guess it's like I, LeBron or MJ. I know. He's trolling. I'm giving you. I'm giving you an example. You know. He's trolling. There's no way. I mean, Patrick. I'm not comparing them. I'm not saying that one of them's LeBron and one of them's MJ. I'm saying like we're just arguing between like who's greater of the two greats. Okay. Okay. I, I get that point. Well, yeah. All right. Word. Word. Uh, give me a prediction real quick from each of you. A prediction for next year's NFL season. An early, early, early prediction. Uh, Julian, you can go first. Like uh, teams in the Super Bowl. Or just just uh, any any type of prediction that you want to say about next season. Dude, it could I be- have. I can't even. I'm, I, I got one. Drew Brees will not be the quarterback of the Saints next year. Oh, I doubt that. Yeah, uh, I doubt that too. That's my, that's my prediction. I don't think- I, and the reason why, which will be stated in the article that I'm halfway done with, um, the NFC South, the, the Saints are going to go to the playoffs next year due to the NFC South being me. And the only reason, and the only way that they wouldn't is if Atlanta gets it together. Now, if you see Atlanta's track pattern, they're like the Dallas Cowboys. One year they go to the playoffs, the next year they don't. They go to the playoffs, they don't. Okay? So they just got off of, they didn't go to the playoffs track, they might go. I wouldn't be surprised if they went next year. The team has talent. I don't know what was wrong. They just couldn't get it together this year. All right, so you got the Falcons so, in the playoffs. Okay, that's cool. uh, maybe, maybe I don't. You know, they still Atlanta Falcons and the Saints. The Saints have enough talent in that poor division to coast through. They coasted through the division this year, so I I don't see why they can't coast through next year, considering no other team is really getting better. So it wouldn't surprise me that Drew Brees stays and has another run at the playoffs. It's just how does he play when he gets to the playoffs? That's that's going to be the ultimate deciding factor. Look, I don't think he's going to be there next year. But, Shuby, what you got? Give me a prediction for next football season. Uh, anything. I think, um, yeah, I think uh, the 
NFC West still stays strong. Uh, I think the Patriots uh, either make a wild card or miss the playoffs, or you know at least lose the division for the first time in a long time. No, um, Jets are going to the playoffs. Sorry. Uh, well, I mean, I, I'm I'm totally with that take. So, and I think the Bills uh, are. I, so I wouldn't be surprised if the Pat Pat's the odd man out. Well, there we go. And then we all understand that one with the uh, with. The South, I think, um, I think the Texans fall down a little bit. I don't think they're going to do anything this off season. And um, yeah, it's, I, I think that's it. I think we might see maybe like one crazy like quarterback thing. Like I, th- I, I have a gut feeling like the Lions are thinking about just saying fuck it to um, Stafford. I'm sorry, I'm cursing, but like, oh, no, you good, like, yeah, no, I feel you. Hey, good predictions. Let's jump to the NFL. I mean, the NBA. Let's talk about the trades that have happened first before we talk, because Julian brought up a topic that I didn't tell anybody because this is a topic we talked about last year, but I, I think I feel a little differently, and we're going to get to that. It, con- it concerns the Pelicans, but let's talk uh, NBA trades first because the trade deadline, by the time you guys hear this, is the, the deadline today it's over with, so... We got all right, bros. Who think fan base? This is an amendment from the future. So let me give you a little clarification. I like to do this from time to time when we gotta fix things the day the release happens. So Julian Schubert and I are gonna be talking the trade that the trade deadline in a little bit. Some of the things at the time we weren't right about concerning Danilo Gallinari going to Miami. He did not end up going to Miami. Who Miami ended up getting because OKC didn't want to jump in the trade. They ended up saying, nah, we're going to stay out of it. They ended up getting Gorgie Dang from Minnesota. They still get Andre Iguodala from the uh, Grizzlies, but they also get Solomon Hill and Jay Crowder, and they get rid of Justice Winslow, Deion Waiters, and James Johnson. I think they needed a big, and they added a big where they needed it at and it's perfect for Gorgie Dang. I think Jay Crowd and Andre Iguodala give defensive help as well as veteran help uh, to this team. Like, cause like I said, all the points about Tyler Hero and everything are still the same. It's just no Danilo Gallinari. So take that into consideration. But we were we were right about Clint Capella. We were right about all that other stuff. Um, another move that did happen was Golden State agreed to trade D'Angelo Russell to Minnesota for Andrew Wiggins and some picks. I think this is great for Carl Anthony Towns. We'll talk more about this next week, and I'll get everybody else's opinions. But just because we're here right now, I think that's great for Carl Anthony Towns. I think you now have a solid one-two punch with your young organization. I mean, Rojas wasn't leaving Brooklyn, in, or I don't, I forget where Rojas came from. Rojas wasn't leaving where he was, and I'm talking about their GM leaving his other job for this without making solid, solid moves. And this is a start of building something special. It reminds me of Stephon Marbury, Kevin Garnett. It's like a solid one-two punch, and hopefully we can see the best from Carl Anthony Towns and the best from D'Angelo Russell because they want to play together. It just, hmm, are they going to get Booker eventually? And if they do, that's a very, very good big three. Um, Let me see. Am I missing anything else? Cleveland got Andre Drummond. That's not really a big deal. That's just uh the Pistons dumping that salary and it, it it signifies probably they're starting over. OKC didn't make any deals. The Pacers didn't make any deals. Oh, a big deal. Clippers, Knicks, and Wizards 
agreed to a three-team trade to land Marcus Morris and Isaiah Thomas. They're going to the Clippers. Jerome Robinson will join the Wizards and Mo Harkless in a first-round pick are going to the Knicks. I think this adds more depth to this team. I think this adds other scoring options. But it's going to be interesting because they have a lot of ISO basketball players. Can can all these ISO do-it-yourselfers mesh together to work it's going to be interesting to see, and we'll talk more about that next week. But I just wanted to clarify, when we talk about the Miami trade with Danilo Gallinari, that did not happen. This is an amendment to that. Again, Miami got Gorgie, Gorgie Dang from Minnesota. They got Jay Crowder, Andre Iguodala, and Solomon Hill from Memphis. And they got rid of Justice Winslow, Deion Waiters, and James Johnson. So, again, to clarify, the Danilo Gallinari thing did not happen. But... Let's get back to the pod. Amendment over. Let's finish out the bros who been the bros who think podcast with bros who ball. Uh, let's start off with the Houston Rockets. There was like a a big four team, twelve man trade that went down, basically sending uh sending Robert Covington to the Rockets, sending Capella to the Atlanta Hawks, and I'm, I'm pulling up the rest of the trade. But, the, okay, Minnesota acquires Evan Turner and Jared Vanderbilt. Denver gets Shabazz Napier and Keita Bates-Diop, Ford Noah Vinlay, and Gerald Green. Atlanta gets Nene and uh, and Clint Capella. Uh, Nug- and Timberwolves get Malik Beasley as well. Oh, God, there's so much of this. And the Rockets, at, and the Rockets get... Uh oh, Jordan Bell, who used to play for the Golden State Warriors, so they wrote, so they get a a smaller big. How do we feel this affects Houston? I'll start with you, Shubert, because that's the only team that really matters. Like Minnesota's trying to get D'Angelo Russell, which I don't think they they'll get by tomorrow. Um, Atlanta, I like the move for Atlanta probably the best because getting Clint Capella for that team. Now they're trying to give Trey Young a roster that can actually help him. You got Clint Capella, John Collins, um, Trey Young, Kevin Herter, and whichever one of the rookies you want to throw in there, whether that's Cam Reddish or the guy who, yeah, DeAndre Hunter. So what do you think about, how does this make Houston? Houston's saying they're they're going all in on small and having P.J. Tucker and Jordan Bell be their center. I think it's the wrong decision. I think that Clint Capella served a big role on that team, and now – they're not finding anyone to replace it. I, I heard um, some people discussing like on Twitter and on some of the other shows that they might not be done. Um, but I hope that that's the case because they need to find someone to fill that hole at center. They need to get someone to, to be a big rebounder for that team. Well, as of now, unless they, unless they uh, get somebody in an hour, it's, it's, it's about it. And my thing with this is it's like, how do you compete with number one, the Lakers? Like the Lakers are gonna put it on them on the inside, and they won't be able to do shit with them. They better hope they don't get matched up with them at any point in the playoffs until the Western Conference Finals. And even then, they're not making it. The Clippers have size on them. I don't see. Uh, to me, this this screams of we're just we're just throwing darts at the wall, hoping something works. And. I just feel like the Rockets are done at this point. Like, I, I was high on them early in the season, but now it's just like, I feel like they're done. Julian, what do you think about this move? Because I don't uh, like... I think it's a move out of desperation. Uh, I think Daryl Morey has gotten too far into the analytics. You know, analytics is all cute and whatnot for the regular season. So, would it work for the regular season? Absolutely, because players don't... People don't play defense in the regular season. But when it gets to the postseason and James Harden and Russell Westbrook 
who's already the most inefficient player in the NBA. You know, but once uh, James Harden starts getting tired in the postseason because he's carrying the team, which will happen, they're going to start bricking threes like no tomorrow, which, you know, we've seen it happen plenty of years. They're a three-point shooting team. Who's going to rebound those threes? That's my question. That's the main question. And who's going to be a rim protector? Exactly, because... Look, you know what? If they went up against the Clippers, even though the Clippers may be a little bit bigger than them, the Clippers aren't that big on the interior. So it would be a good matchup for the Clippers. The way the, But the Lakers, they're just going to pass it to AD and let him go to work. I mean, and AD could space the floor. Someone's going to roll through. They played Denver. Joker's yeah, going to eat him alive. And even Utah would go bare. Exactly. What they're trying to do is, what it shows me, what they're trying to do is, they're trying to shoot every team out the gym. That's it. They, they're trying to outscore every team. They want to get in scoring matches. And they have the right players to do so. It's just, how efficient can you be doing that? You have to be pretty efficient to do that, you know? And let me let me add on to that point, because I, I'm going to question the right players, because we see their roster stability and just the depth. It hasn't. That team has no depth. I get adding Robert Covington is getting you a, a 3 and D player, but Robert Covington has had a very off year this year. He has not looked like the Robert Covington of the of the 76ers years when it was him, Sarge, Embiid, and, and Simmons, and everybody was like, oh, he's Covington guy. I think he'll add something, but like Julian said, this is, to me, reeks, reeks of desperation, and I don't like it, but I do like it for the Atlanta Hawks, giving Trey Young a center of the future, and that helps Trey Young's horrid, horrid defensive performances, and it allows them to have a rim breaker, a rim protector when Trey Young eventually gets broken down by the opposing offensive player because he's one of the worst defensive players in the league. So good, good for Atlanta. Uh, another move that has happened: Miami ha- uh, agrees to deal. They get not only um, uh, Andre Iguodala, but they also get Danilo Gallinari. They're sending picks to the Thunder, and and they sent. Uh, I believe Dion Waiters, or they sent they sent some people to Memphis. It doesn't really matter. Justice Winslow. Yeah, Justice Winslow. Yeah, it Winslow. Doesn't really matter. Well, that kind of does matter for Memphis. Yeah, you get yeah. a defender. You get a defender. Justice Winslow doesn't. It's better than nothing. They didn't have true. anything before. That is true, true, true. But how do we feel about this for Miami? I actually like this for Miami. It adds veterans to this team because they rely a lot on their youth with Tyler Hero, uh, Robinson, and uh, what's my guy's name? Um, Bam Adebayo. This as a veteran defender to take some of that pressure off of Jimmy Butler because they need Jimmy Butler to be a scorer, be a, to focus his attention on scoring. When you get somebody like Andre Iguodala, you can bring him in in that fourth quarter and, and allow him to play defense on those players, as well as Danilo Garnari. It gives another person to, again, in those playoff runs when Tyler Hero's not ha- doesn't have his confidence up, you have an efficient scorer to help out uh, Jimmy Butler and, and be another creator. I'm going to start with you, Schubert. How do you feel about this Heat move? Um, I mean, I feel good about it for the Heat if Andre Iguodala plays like he used to play. I mean, I don't know what kind of player you're really getting out of this, but I think the quality of player is maybe as good or better than Justice Winslow. So well, I yeah, think they like, have him for two years. They got him to they signed they signed him to a two year deal. I understand that, but I'm saying like I feel like they the trade value is fair. Um, it just all depends on you're getting a player who hadn't played all you know hasn't played a game yet, and he's already old. 
And I, I don't know. I mean, this this isn't the same Andre Iguodala that won the the NBA Finals MVP. So we'll see how it goes. Luckily, he doesn't need to play a big, big role. And if if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. That but is- I mean, I I like this for the Grizzlies though. I think the Grizzlies could really use Justice Winslow in that group. Yeah, as as a defensive uh, guard up in there, especially since they re-signed Dylan Brooks today. Uh, Julian, what do you think of the move for the Heat? Uh, I think it's a good move for the Heat. I love how Pat Riley is being aggressive and wants to make Same. a championship run. Um, I think they can at least get to the Eastern Conference Finals, pending if uh, how the matchups go, and pending if they if Philadelphia. Um, Gets it together, which I don't think they will. So it's, I mean, it's a good run. I just don't see anyone beating um, the Bucks due to their defense, their size, and their ability to score and shoot the three. But I think it's, it's, it's good. I know they're also trying to get Danilo Gallinari, who is a, such an underrated player. Oh, you well, they got him. I think, I think they, they got him. Yeah, well, he's he's so underrated. It's, I mean, people wonder how the Clippers went to the made the AC last year and won two games, you can look at him. He's a 6'10". Uh, he could score. He has good fundamentals. He's just not that fast. But, you know, the Heat are deep. They got some veterans. They have a veteran coach. I'm excited to see what happens. They're going to be a scrappy team. They're not going way easy. I like it, man, because the thing is, after Jimmy Butler, who's there? Your, who's your scorer to help you create? Yeah, Bam Adebayo is going to get the inside garbage points and, and create, but you need another score in the playoffs. And I don't, I think it's too early for Ty, Tyler Hero. Yeah, he could maybe do some stuff this year. I think he's a great player, but you need that person you can rely on. And Danilo Gallinari shows, like Julian said, he can get it done. He got it done for the Clippers last year. And that just adds to Jimmy Butler. And if Goran Dragic can ever get his stuff together, they have a solid, solid roster. I'm really liking what Miami did. This was a good deal for them. And that's all we know of at the deadline. Yeah, uh, Sacramento made some moves. That's just to sign, uh, to make sure they can sign Bodong Bogdanovich. And they, they uh, trading Dwayne Dedman to Atlanta for Jabari Parker and Alex Lynn. That, that's all that is. And they sent a, uh, Atlanta 2020 and 2021 pick. Look, Sacramento, I don't think they know what they're doing over there. But I digress. They're not important. Oh, yeah, they hired Luke Walton. <laughs> they're not winning. Like, literally, De'Aaron Fox... I think Luke Walton is the young point guard killer because we saw how Lonzo was struggling and De'Aaron Fox was on the up and up, and now De'Aaron Fox is looking like Lonzo did with the Lakers. Oh, I know Justin knows all about that. Maybe he can go ahead and... Uh, Justin, what do you think about the trade for Miami? Because I know oh, you live down there. So. Justin's ass had to go to bed. <laughs> Just- oh, dude, okay. I was, <laughs> wow, dude. I was trying... <laughs> okay, I didn't think I heard that. So I was trying to, like... I thought you kind of forgot about him, so I was just trying to see. I was like, let me try to sneak him in right quick. I was trying to keep him low-key, but Justin's ass was like, bro, my phone died. I had to go I, to bed. I, I, I thought oh, the same good. thing when he – when he. I, I thought it uh, after we talked about the Rockets, because he, he didn't go to Justin after that. I was like, well, you don't want the Justin's take? But no. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was just trying to uh, – <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> That, I'm not gonna edit this out. This is awesome. No, that's, that's funny. Oh man, but uh, oh, that's no, good. Um, I was gonna say, yeah, with the Kings, they don't know what they're doing. They messed up with Luke Walton. I mean, I don't. I just feel bad for franchises like the Kings. Like they're they're in limbo. 
they got all this young talent that they can't do anything with because the young talent that they have is nothing really special, in my opinion. You know, just what do you do? <laughs> yeah, what do you do in those situations? I mean, they 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 went from bad draft picks to to some draft picks working and then others not. It, it, they're just a mess over there. But it's it's all good. Like I said, I don't care about about the Sacramento Kings. Let's talk about shoot. But I'm gonna bring up this topic that Julian presented. Let's 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 discuss. Is, is Drew Holiday? We used to say last year that he was a top five shooting guard. You used to say him. <laughs> is Drew Holiday still a top five shooting guard? Julian, I'll let you start us off, man, since you want to bring this up. All right, man. Thank you for that. <clears throat> so I got into a debate with some guy, he, my boy Ian, on uh, Quibs on Twitter, and he mentioned that Drew Holiday was a top five shooting guard. Where I came to my own defense, because I don't think he is, and I basically said, Drew Holiday is not a top five shooting guard. And I can name at least 12 other shooting guards in the NBA, for sure this year, that are doing a lot better than he is. Just to name a few that I threw out. I started with, uh, you know, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, Jimmy Butler. Um, That's three right there. You, you Donovan know, right? Mitchell. Yeah, I said Donovan Mitchell. I mean, James I, Harden. James, I got you. James Harden. Yeah, thank you. You know, Zach, Victor Oladipo. I said Zach Levine. I think Zach Levine is better. Um, you know, there's just there's a bunch. I, I, when it came to the point where I named about eleven or twelve, and when you look at Drew Holiday, he came back at me with a couple of numbers. He showed me Drew Holiday and Jimmy Butler are kind of averaging similar numbers and whatnot. Which I went on the internet and he was right. That that's true. But the player efficiency rating for Drew Holiday was way down while Jimmy Butler's was up. Also, Drew Holiday's free throw percentage was like at 70%, 70-71%, while uh, Jimmy Butler's free throw percentage was like 84-85%. Okay, that's a big difference to me. And the play efficiency rating was way off from Jimmy. But Jimmy Butler had a way higher one than Drew Holiday. And, and my thing with Drew Holiday is, I'm using the eye test. Yeah, he may put up some good stats every now and then, but... For instance, yesterday, he put up seven points, and he has a lot of turnovers. The game before, he might have had, he had like 11 points, I think. You know, he has so many games where he'll do well, and then he'll have so many games where he doesn't do well. He has to be the most inconsistent player that I've seen in a while. I do not know what to expect from him. You put Jimmy Butler on the floor, I can expect between 18 and 25 points. I know he's going to give me that. I know he's going to give me everything. Okay, I know he's going to be on the court, too. With Drew Holiday, I don't know what, you know, and I feel I don't know what to get. And also, when it comes to Jimmy Butler, I feel like Jimmy Butler's a help to his team. Drew Holiday, on the other hand, I don't think he fits in with the Pelicans like they want him to fit in. I feel like he's kind of a glorified role player, um, kind of similar to, to Brandon Ingram when it comes to ISO ball. I feel like there's plenty of times where Drew could pass the ball whenever he's in trouble, but he doesn't because he has a mindset that David Griffin told him that he's the leader of the team and he's the best player. Well, if that's the point, I mean, if that's where he's at, and how come every time in the fourth quarter they go to him and they start losing and they just do worse? Aren't you supposed to be a veteran? Aren't you supposed to be teaching this team a few things, leading this team on the court? But, you know, every time, whenever it's crunch time, he doesn't do that well, in my opinion. And I just feel like he doesn't fit with the development, the youth and development of this Pelican uh, franchise. I mean, he's just kind of like the oddball out. I think he takes away from the growth from all the other players and messes up the rhythm. 
But that's just my take on it. I would love to hear with both of you guys. You know, I'm just looking at this year. Shoot, but I'll let you I'll let you go right after me. Let me just say and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say a couple things just and then I'll transition to you and I'll finish my thoughts. But I'm gonna start with numbers. Let's look at the field goal percentage from this year compared to last year. Last year, a total he shot a total field goal percentage of forty-seven uh point four seven two or just forty-seven percent. This year he's shooting a total field goal percentage of forty-three from three. He's actually a little bit better by two percent at thirty-four, but at two percent field goals, he's down dramatically from fifty-three percent to forty-eight percent. And you can see that in his play. I think offensively, Drew Holiday has been subpar to, to be to be generous, but I think he's been kind of trash if I want to be honest. I think defensively he's he's never went down a, I don't think defensively he's ever went down a level. I think defensively is the reason why you keep him for this team. But I think in terms of going forward, I wouldn't mind moving Drew Holiday to find a player that's just a three and D guy. I think he does fit in this team, but I don't think he fits at that price that price point that we're paying him because we got to pay people like Lonzo, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, Zion, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's time to go young, and but still maintain a veteran that can be three and D. I don't think Drew Holiday is just the veteran we need for that price tag. Now, do you mess up that chemistry in the locker room? All the guys love him. He, he adds something. I don't think you mess that up unless he wants to leave or if he doesn't want to accept a role of being not the first option and maybe not even the second option come next year because of Zion and Brandon Ingram. If he's okay with being the third option and just playing good defense, that is cool. But if he's not, we got to get rid of him. I don't think he's a top five shooting guard. I'll say he's a top 10 shooting guard, though, due to his defense, because I don't think a lot of guards, minus Jimmy Butler, at that two guard who can play defense like Drew, the offense ability isn't there. But I think if Drew Holiday was on a team like the Lakers, like the Clippers, you would see his impact would be felt maybe more so than uh, he would you would just see his star power rise on a team like the Lakers. it's a fit thing though that's my whole thing with him like I, whenever I say he's trash I don't think he's really that bad of a player at all but with that Pelicans franchise he's a veteran player he belongs with a bunch of with, with a bunch of veterans that's my whole thing he doesn't belong with a bunch of young players who are still trying to figure things out and I feel like it's making him a detriment and and which making you know and then he's ultimately a detriment to the team. You know, it's just not working. I would feel he, he would do so much better on like a Milwaukee or if the Heat could have taken him. The Sixers could use him. You know, a team I full of, loved, like, look, full of I mean, star I'm, players. I would have loved if the Heat would have traded Tyler Hero for him. I'd have did it. Oh, I, I said that in a heartbeat. If y'all want to try to really win one, go ahead, take him. We'll, we'll take Tyler Hero and we'll be good. He fits our, He fits everything we're doing. But Schubert. What do you think about this Drew Holiday top five shooting guard? How does he fit with the Pelicans and, and et cetera, et cetera? Well, I mean, I always believed when you were saying that before that it was a stretch. And at that moment, I was even more leaning and considering that he was like six, at least six or seven. But I don't even think he's at that anymore. Uh, I mean, I, don't even, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even put him in the 10. Like if he if he's. Hold on. We got I just, I just, I'm going to it off then. We could do 10 because I'm going to give him 10. I'm going to give him 10. You got Jimmy. You got Beal. You got Booker. You got – look, I'm, I don't even want to say Levine's top five. I'm not going to I'm not gonna give Levine hey, top five. Hey, he can score, man. He can score, but he, he doesn't play defense. Does it's he, a regular season. Come on. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying defense matters. I'm, I'm going Beal. I'm going hard. I mean, if it mattered, then, like, why, would, why are we losing? 
Mm. Like, I mean, I'm out there and I'm, I, I'm, I'm there in the arena and I'm watching these, these guys. And when Drew's on the court, the they don't look as quarter. good. Exactly. Dude, the fourth quarter is whenever you notice everything that's wrong with the Pelicans and you notice the youth. And other teams score on the Pelicans in the fourth quarter. That's how they just outscore the Pelicans in the fourth quarter. I know it sounds like something Booger McFarlane would, says, would say, but, like, the Pelicans will play great a whole game, and then once it comes to, like, 10 minutes, 9 minutes left in the fourth quarter, and the other team turns up the defense and gets serious, like, the Pelicans can't stop them from scoring. The Pelicans can't score on their own. Well, I mean, so, like, I it's, it's just you look at the lineup uh, late in that game last night, and it was Lonzo, Josh Hart, Zion, uh, well, basically what I'm saying is it wasn't Drew, and it was that was what was working. And when Drew came in, it wasn't working. If is if Drew's not working that night, then it's not working. Like that's that's it. Like he's he, he's a a streaky player at best at, right now. Like he uh, there's stretches of games where he could play like a top ten shooting guard in the league, but then there's nights where he's playing like oh, I don't uh, disagree with that. Uh, an old veteran. And it's no, just I don't like, with that. it's just the inconsistency of this season's lacking for someone who's supposed to be someone you consider into a big three. And at this moment, I, I don't even think that he's like the fifth or sixth most important player on the team. Oh, no, I'm not going. I'm not going to let you do that. <laughs> I would say he's probably the fourth. The, most. The, the big three is Brandon Ingram, Zion and Alonzo. One hundred percent. That's your three. One hundred percent. I agree with that. Next, like, I, 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 I say the I next most important fourth option. I think the next most important person is probably Derek Favors due to the fact that he brings yeah. inside presence. He's a rim protector. But I, I think that fifth player is him. Uh, based on based on like performances we were talking Hart about defense i was going to say josh hart and, mm. and 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 one of the numbers that i would look at when i'm looking at some of these things and when you guys were talking about jimmy butler versus drew holiday i can i consider the plus minus into effect and you know drew holiday's plus he's barely getting a plus and you know you jimmy jimmy butler when he's on the court is it, elevating his team and even and the most and the Pelican with the highest plus minus right now is Josh Hart. I mean, when he's on the court, he elevates the team. I feel like he needs to get more minutes, but because of Drew Holiday, that's not going to happen. Mm, yeah, see, I might not disagree with that either. Look, I, all I'm saying is, and maybe I'm capping for him. Maybe I am. I do think Don't like I, him. No, I understand. He was there. He was there with Anthony Davis. Yo, you know, he did well against Damian Lillard in the playoffs. I mean, all that's great. You know, y'all, y'all have y'all, y'all feel like y'all owe it to him. Y'all are some diehard Pelicans fans for sure. So a lot of Pelicans fans feel like they owe it to him. It's the Drew Brees effect. But I'm looking at this season, and what my eyes are telling me, not the stats, because going to go off the stats, you're going to end up like the Houston Rockets. Okay, what my eyes are telling me is he does not play well with the Pelicans. He belongs on another team, and. I mean that that's my whole thing with him. And I get what you're saying, Lyndon. I know I know you love him, you want to defend him, but you gotta look at it pretty black and white. And he just doesn't fit with the Pelicans. You know, he's still a good player. He just doesn't belong on the Pelicans, I believe. And I mean I, you and you, you even talk about like the locker room presence and leadership at this point. I mean, I feel like with the guys there that have haven't been there very long and being the big main core, they can I think that JJ can serve just as big of a presence and a role for that. Yeah, they don't have any assholes on the team. Everyone seems pretty cool, to be honest. So uh, I'm not gonna look. Like I said, I don't disagree with with a lot of what you guys says. I agree with I agree with a lot of it. I just think that depending on what he wants, can determine 
his role? Because I think next year they're going to have to, before the year starts, they're going to have to just be like, look, bro, you're either going to be a role player because we got to get Josh Hart more minutes or we get you out of here. That that that's what I th- I think it comes down to. And if he can agree to being a role player, then I don't want to get rid of him because, like I said, when it comes to fourth quarter defense and someone that can actually lock down someone, I'm not talking scoring. I'm I'm talking just straight defense and giving us that guy to to guard a one through three. I don't want to lose that just for nothing. Now I do agree, like you guys said, Josh Hart plays better with the guys. He gets rebounds. He does the, some of the things that Drew Holiday is supposed to do. Does a lot of them. But I don't know if Josh Hart's individual one-on-one defense when it comes to playoff defense is there yet. Now, that's something we got to see because we don't even know if we're making the playoffs. But I just wanted to bring that to, to you guys' attention. Do you think out there, listener, Drew Holiday's a top-five shooting guard? If you do, let us know on our Twitters, our individual Twitters. Tag whoever you want to start the conversation with and let us know. Or if you think we're crazy because we don't think Drew Holiday fits in with the Pelicans, let us know. We want to know what you guys think. Let us know on Twitter. Um, that's pretty much all I really had this week because of trade deadline and whatnot, and nothing too, too much is happening. I think the league is starting to gain steam, so I think next week it'll be a little more. I want to ask next week's just... all star game, yeah, exactly. I think, like, oh, after next week, after the All-Star game, yeah. I think that's when it's going to pick up. But I want to ask y'all, does Joel Embiid's comments mean anything? Because last week, Julian, you weren't here or when we talked about should we trade, should the Sixers get rid of either Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. But Joel Embiid had a comment today because he got tired of reporters, and he was like, look, I, I, I wish I could go to the post, but that's just not how basketball works. There's too much clogged area down there for all of us to be there. Sometimes I have to step out and shoot the three because no one else will. Do we think that's a shot at Ben Simmons? How do we feel about that? I'll start with you, Julian. Uh, It is a shot towards Ben Simmons, which is perfectly okay. Ben Simmons has been in the league for like, what is he in his fourth or fifth year? Yeah, fourth or fifth. And he still hasn't learned how to shoot whatsoever. Look at Lonzo. Lonzo completely changed his shot. Now he's like a 40 percent three-point shooter okay they got look a at Giannis. you look at Giannis. zion's while zion was hurt he was shooting threes the whole time he shot so many threes that he can't even make a three point right now but I'm, we're not worried about him because we know he's gonna get better they have a whole bunch of players in the nba rondo can shoot a three dennis schroeder can shoot threes okay everyone has They're been gross. working on everyone has been working on their three-point shot throughout the past four or five years same amount of time as ben simmons and Ben Simmons had a whole season off to work on, and he hasn't, okay? That is a shot at uh, Ben Simmons. Also, Joel Embiid has a very pretty jump shot. and would be the first to say that. And he, he does. Knocks, he knocks down threes. He, he does. He's, he knocks down the free throw, and he can knock. If he's open for a three, I want him to take it. He can knock it down. He's good. He can space the floor. Now, if you're talking about trading one of them, I think the coach is one of the problems for that team. Same. Um, I he's not a good coach that. at all. I think he's holding the team back. The other problem is Joel Embiid's really immature. I don't know what I'm going to get from him, but Ben Simmons has no motor. He's like the opposite of Kobe, Kobe Bryant, rest in peace, mindset. I'm telling you, if Ben I Simmons... Thinking, I just thought that. I was like, yeah, Shaq is oh like... Oh, my gosh, is like Shaq, but Ben Simmons is not like Kobe to no, get... No, man, if ben, oh, dude, if ben Simmons had Kobe's mindset, they'd be in the finals. They would have went to the finals last year. I mean, Ben Simmons last year versus Toronto, I think he averaged like 14 points a game. Dog, you're 6'10", and you're faster than everybody else. What the fuck are you doing? Uh, But see, I don't know what they do in this situation because 
I last week I said you keep Simmons, and the more and more I think about it, it's like I want to ride with Embiid, but man, Embiid's health is so that, no. The long term, you would keep Simmons and try yeah. to put someone around him. But if you want to win now, you make a trade with Simmons. You trade Ben. Anyone will take him. You can get anybody for Ben Simmons. You you try to get a real good point guard, pair him up with Embiid, and say like these next two years, like we're going all in. Embiid's health is just so. It's the same thing as Kobe and Shaq. Like, you know, do you trade Kobe? You trade Shaq. Kobe's a hard worker. He's young and he has a lot left. Shaq, you know, he didn't take care of his body as much as Kobe. It was kind of going towards the end of his prime and things like that. Like, what? And you know, he didn't have a health issue, but you know, he was bigger. You know, had some problems just, coming up. He was out of his like, prime. He was coming he was out. out of his prime. So it's kind of yeah. like Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, but Ben Simmons doesn't have a motor. He yeah. likes to hang around with Nav. <laughs> and play fucking video games instead of working on a damn jump shot. Like, shoot the damn ball, but go ahead, shoot it. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. How do you feel about Joel Embiid's comments? I mean, he's right. Yeah, he is. He I is. Mean, I mean, I, I am, I'm a big Joel, Joel Embiid fan, so I'm all for keeping Joel Embiid, but I mean... If they want to move Joel Embiid, good for Joel Embiid because he needs to be on a team that has, that has players that want to play. True. And True. Ben Simmons don't want to play. Ben Simmons just wants to be an NBA star. And it sucks, man, because Ben Simmons, is he's one of those people that has all the gifts. He has all the God-given gifts. But like y'all keep saying, he just doesn't seem like he has that drive. He wants to be an NBA superstar without putting in that NBA superstar work. Like, like, exactly. Like, like, imagine this. Both of you guys, close your eyes for a second. Imagine it's August 1st. It's 5.30 in the morning. Ben Simmons is in a gym working. <laughs> that doesn't even sound right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that doesn't even sound right. The dude has no work ethic when it comes. Like, he's just running off of talent. He has no, he has no motor. That's his thing. I don't know. Look, man, some nights he can light it up. And some nights he can't. And with Joel Embiid, the only thing you're really shaking about is his health, because you know whenever he starts dominating, oh, he's he's one, of, he's the he is the most dominant player in the NBA. Whenever he really wants to be, yeah, I mean, I mean, what you want, dude? The, the Sixers are in a situation where it's like, damn. Honestly, the best thing to do is to get a new coach and they just figure it out. Else. Yeah, they should have never got shot. rid of Jimmy Butler. They should have never got rid of. Jimmy Butler. He was literally the transmission of that team. They should have never got rid of Jimmy and Butler. And Al Horford clogs up that paint. Yeah, I'd have let go. I'd have let go of Tobias Harris as well. Tobias and Al Horford are big bodies. Yes, you want length, but you you want that length for defense. But that length is comp- compromises on the offensive end because there's not enough space for everybody to operate because too many people are seven foot, two hundred something pounds, and and some people got gotta be inside. Like the people you want to be inside can't be inside because. Your point guard has to be inside. Yeah, and I never understood Al Horford, but my, my he thing is... He shoot a three, though. He, he could space the floor, though. Like He stretches he, it out and give you someone to uh, give Joel Embiid a breather. It makes sense on paper, and it makes sense from a basketball perspective, but when you look at Ben Simmons not progressing and not coming close to shooting shots still, it's like, bro, that won't work. Even all the plans that they have won't work because you won't even attempt a shot. Give me Just a mid-range. She doesn't have to shoot a three. Just shoot a mid-range. He won't do it. He won't, won't do it. Uh, I would love to see. not ugly. Uh, what I would love to see happen for Ben Simmons, and I know it won't happen, but it w- this is what I think would be perfect for him if this is how if this is how he wants to ha- live his life and do his career. 
put him send him to Minnesota or wait, wait let me give you a better or, one or, or Sacramento Sacramento send them to Sacramento and then let them fall into obscurity this because does Phoenix say no if 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 uh, Philly offers them Ben Simmons and maybe Booker. and and Tobias Harris for for Devin Booker? Do they say no? No. And, no. And if that could be a straight. You don't even have to do the uh, Tobias Harris. They could do they could do Devin Booker for, for a Ben Simmons. All star. I don't think Phoenix says no, and I don't think Philly says no. If I'm Philly, I'm jumping at that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. My goodness, that would change the, the Joel Embiid would make it to the finals at that point. My God. Dev, like Devin Booker is the type of player Joel Embiid needs around him. Not not a Ben Simmons, because Devin Booker works and he has a motor. Like Devin, Devin Booker will play basketball. Hell dude, if they wanted to eat the money, which they wouldn't, it wouldn't be a smart move, but it would work. If they wanted to try to win a championship now, Chris Paul, if they can get Chris Paul, trade Ben Simmons for Chris Paul. That, yeah, oh, that, yeah. That's a move. I also think I think C.J. McCollum's at the bottom of that. Like, out of the two we've said, that's probably the worst option. But I think that helps in this situation still. I Like, uh, it's just, it's interesting, man. W- what if you go to Indiana well, well, and you say uh, Oladipo for Ben Simmons? I don't think Indiana ooh. says no. No, a lot, a lot of teams would take Ben Simmons. You know, that's not an issue because a lot of teams could use somebody like Ben Simmons. But it's just, I mean, you know, it's just not that easy. Yeah, it's not. And it's hard to say, like, man, Joel and B, we don't know how his health is. That's we another someone like Ben Simmons. Maybe let's give him one more year. But I've seen enough. It's been like four or five. If you don't have the work ethic from day one to day two, you know, some some players, you know, develop one. He he hasn't developed one. He wants to hang around with Nav and play video games and date <laughs> Kendall Jenner. Let him. That's what he wants. That's yeah. what he wants. He should go to Phoenix. He'd fit in over there. That's what I'm saying. Send him, like she would say, obscurity, but send his ass to Phoenix. Let's Devin, get Book, this, Devin let's Booker get Devin would Booker love out. to go. He would love to go. To, <laughs> man, look, if Devin Booker went to Philadelphia because they wouldn't be able to double team because they have other people to worry about and it's a big, long team. He would ball defensively, out. He, he'll ball out of control. It won't even yes. be funny. And he's not a point guard, but Devin Booker, that's not even a big deal. Yeah, exactly. He could do it. Like, I've seen him do it for Phoenix. So Man. I would love to see him. As a matter of fact, I'm going to have to get the Suns people on the phone. <laughs> I wonder if anyone – Are we? The, you think we're the only people who have thought of that? No, I, mean, I think – I'm, I'm, I don't I'm know, dude. People. We might have been because I feel that's such a good trade. That should have went through already. No yeah. one thought of that? See, I've heard the Oladipo. I've heard the other one that I wanted to say just now that I thought of recently was Bradley Beal. I've heard those two, but I haven't heard Booker. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to send a message to both organizations see what they think. <laughs> orchestrating trade. Give me you a little, a little commission you. free. I'll take 10 grand. <laughs> you, let, you let us know first if they get back to you. But Will do. That, that's all the time we got today. Julian, tell the people where they can find you at on social media. Man, you can find me on Twitter at JujuNav, J-U-J-U-N-A-V. I'm down to talk any Pelicans talk, even though it may be disrespectful to you guys thinking, you know, I'm just anti-Pelicans and anti-Saints. I'm coming from a place of objectivity, which people in this state do not have when it comes to their own home teams. He makes a good point. <laughs> Schubert, tell the people where they can find you at on social media. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at hschubert14. Uh, you can listen to Bros Who Binge every week. We just released uh, the other day. We went, reviewed The Gentleman, which is actually a really solid movie that you all should go Very check good out. Movie. 
So, um, yeah, go check out that review and some of the things we've done in the past. We had a pitch it match a couple weeks back. I mentioned in a previous episode that Julian would be good for pitch it. So we got to get him involved. And, yeah, get him um, check it out. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. Uh, you could listen to my radio show every Sunday, uh, call in, and we could talk about some stuff. 100%. Y'all make sure y'all call in Schubert. You can follow me at LynnBWT. Follow the Bros Who Think at Bros Who Think. Be sure to check out the most recent episode of Anime Talk out on YouTube now. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. Uh, for audio listeners of Anime Talk, it is now on all digital streaming platforms, so you can listen to the audio version. Be sure to check out Primetime. They're covering, they went from LSU football to LSU basketball, so they're taking care of that. Uh, but you can find everything going on with the network at www.brosythink.com. But if you listen to us on YouTube, if you listen to us on Apple, Spotify, do us a favor. We're not asking for donations. We're not asking for money. Give us a, a subscribe. Give us a comment. It really, really helps us out. Helps us out in the algorithm so we can build this community and get more people in it. We need your assistance in that part, and we would really, really appreciate it if you can. But thank you to everybody who listens to us week in and week out. Even if you this is your first time listening, thank you. If this is your last time listening, thank you. We really, really appreciate it from all supporters. But for Julian, for Schubert, for Doom, my name is Lyndon. You guys have a great, great weekend. We'll talk to you next Thursday. Be safe. Get back to us and have a good one. I'm trying Peace. to make moves in silence. silence. Niggas be asking me questions. Didn't really thinking that I just be caring. It's really just a misconception. I said something new for this fight. Uh, niggas just don't get the reference. Who came through the bag and then jump out the window in only a matter of seconds? Nobody else but the man. Young nigga picking up bands. He had a dream about being a legend. That's what manifested the plans. So I go deep in the music. I used to rap for the fans. Now I'm really quick at writing the bangers and hit like the back of the hand. Yeah. But what I love, I'ma stand okay. I could just uppercut the whole game For trying to play me in advance what? Put the respect on my name yeah. Now that I done got a chance okay. You cannot lie every time that I'm dropping a song Make you wanna dance Yo, yeah. fella, I'm running Japan I'm sick of the left game I stand I got more hits than hands I'm running land in the stand Yo, fully, I'm hot as a kettle No, fuck that, I'm hot as a devil Mortal Kombat, I uppercut your ass to the next level I run shit, I need a gold medal We racing, I'm matching the pedal Need the top spot, I can't settle. I am the one you should bet on. I am the one you should get with. I am the one you should get like. Go against me, that's a death wish. And you pussy, but you don't got nine lives. Paul and Cooper, get your mind right. Like a diamond, I shine in the limelight. Time bombers gon' blow in the time right. Tryna sign for a million, don't sign right. I could do this with just me and my team. We living a dream and falling for schemes. We getting to the ends by stacking the T's. Get those by the H, yo, hope throw that P. Hit her with the V, can't give her the D. Toss her to the team, that thing for me. Already got too much work up on my feet. I stay on my ground cause they shit for the free. Rappers and man cause they wanna be me. Act like I can't see, smell me on their teeth. My niggas not shadow clones, they all unique. Run up on me, smell out the free. I would give him a second. I've been the callers, no question. Heard a nigga been jacking. We come through the back and then tell him to watch who we testing. We moving real nice. I've been really hype. I'm getting real live in the session. Acting like they didn't know I was destined. Every day I be teaching new lessons. And as soon as I blow up, you know when they go up, I'm so amazing. It's a blessing. My team at the top and you know it. I think my soldier been showing. If you ever thought that I wasn't gonna kill it, go and take a see what you're doing. Make a promise to keep it 1,000. I'ma be the greatest influence. Never let them down, bro. I got you. Just tell them, look at a nigga size. I stand 
head too tall, niggas gotta stand in the distance, look me in my eyes. They think I'm rapping just to get a piece, but I really want the whole pie. Every time they'll hit me up for a feature, I'll probably never reply. Real quick to put something in this bag, always been a stand-up guy. Something like Ali when I say I could uppercut a nigga into the sky. I feel like I'm better than ever. Young nigga just might fly. I done scratched the surface already. Watch me leave a mark with the rhymes. Know the music gon' last forever. So the name will never die. I'm on the move and I show it. You know it. They can really tell from the vibes. I walk in sharp like this. They can tell you why you shouldn't play with the knives. The way that I spin, I ain't stopping. Till I'm in your top five, top five. Yo. Yeah. Yeah.